Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Welcome in. All right. We are Sports Turk. It's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis with you on this midweek, or a.k.a. hump day. Uh, so glad you had your happy juice this morning. I know, man. I know. You got you to be excited. We get to talk sports for the next three hours. It, it, it's uh, We're not digging ditches. You know what I mean? Just put things That's in. Right. Always, always perspective. Always perspective. Nothing, nothing wrong with digging ditches, but... We no, it, it, the, the word, look, we need ditch diggers, but we're lucky that we don't have right. to, to earn a living that way. And props to everybody out there who breaks their back every single day to bring home, uh, you know, put bread on the table, man. So I, I props to everybody. Uh, what's up, Big William? What's up, Dre? Gigi, Andrew, John, Chris, yeah. Speed Racer, Mood Swing Bella, Nathan, uh, da, 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 who'd I miss? Uh, Nathan, Mr. Taz. Hope you guys are all good. I'm sorry if I missed anybody, uh, but we appreciate you. We do. We always appreciate you hanging out with you on this Wednesday. You good? You all right? Everything good at the at the household? You keeping it? You hold it down? There's no such thing as holding it down at this house, man. It's minute to minute, day to day, hour to hour. This house. You just never know what's going to happen in this house. That's man. good. I like you on your toes like that. Dude, I need a breather, man. <laughs> You need to take a nap. That's all. That's what I need. I need. I just need a mental health day. That's all I need. One mental yeah, health it. day just to free the mind and the soul will follow. Okay. You know. That's it. You sound like an end vogue. That was an end vogue line you just used. I know. Yeah, that was that was nice. Nice oh, way man, to work I that in. I made it up. Yeah, yeah, that was that was not made up. You uh, you incorporate. Wow. I say borrowed. You sampled. Hey, you know. It. How's that sampled? That's a nice way to put it. 
rather than plagiarizing in vogue. I don't want you to get Sam sued. Sample? Okay. Sample. sample. Yeah, you sample. Did you say, I read so somewhere. I can't even. I can't, I can't hey, even. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I said I can't even put my own moniker on that. Doggone it. Man. I'm looking. Uh, uh, so the there's a sample that that Diddy used in every breath you take, right? From the from the police. You know that? Do you know this? No. That he used. No. I'll be I'll be I'll be missing you. It, it was a song, you know, in honor of uh, of Biggie Smalls. No. You remember that song? I'll be missing you. It sounds like I'll be watching you, which was the police song. Anyway. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. They still, yeah. Yep. Okay. So there's a sample hook in there, uh, you know, from 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 the from the song. So there was initial reports that that Diddy pays the police, and I guess Sting who wrote it, two thousand dollars a day because he didn't have permission to sample it. Do you believe that? What? And then so, so Sting, Sting said, "Yes, that's true." Diddy then clarified it and said, no, it's not true. I pay him five grand a day for that song every time it's played. I can't I can't believe that that's right. The rich just keep on getting richer. So it's it, a $3,000, whatever, the $3,000 difference, but it's a, it's a cost of a copyright infringement from roughly $1.2 million to $1.8 that he pays out, I guess, per year. I don't. Who knows what's real, man? But that, that's crazy if that's what's going. How much is he making off the song? I would just discontinue the song if I'm Diddy. You know, I don't think it's you worth. You know what's it. funny? You know what's funny? My 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 brother. I told you my brother sang with uh, Paula Abdul on Opposites Effect, right? Yeah, and he and he sang with Prince too, right? He, he did backups for yeah. Prince. Yeah. So so those song those songs are still big over in like Japan and stuff like that, right? So, so like every month or every few months, my brother gets a royalty check in a mail. It could wow. be a thousand dollars one time, fifteen hundred the next time, and I'm, he just, oh, I got another royalty check. I'm like, what? That is awesome, man! It pays to have a hit, doesn't it? I'm in the wrong business. So, Fitness Rebel says it is true. Uh, Tone also says that. So, yeah, that's pretty crazy, man. That's pretty crazy. I'm, I'm guessing, yeah, Diddy probably gets a nice little chunk of that as well. So who knows? Anyway, um, wow. good show today. We're going to hit a bunch of different things, uh, including uh, we'll dive into Eagles. We, we haven't we haven't uh, pulled out a yay or nay in a little bit. We got some Eagles yay or nays, which we're looking forward to. Uh, I have an Eagles yep. question, which I want to pose to you as well in a minute. But Phillies win 5-1 over the Cubs last night, and Ranger Suarez – was awesome, and he, you know Ooh. what, Derek, he's he's been awesome. Period. Like the, the last six starts, he's got a one thirty five ERA. My man was dealing last night. He he only he's only given up like what three earned runs in his last thirty something yep. innings. Yeah. Can can we just move him up to to the ace role right now, please? I'm can telling we just you, move you, got, you got a game to win. I'm I'm looking hard at Ranger Suarez. I can tell you that. I'm looking at Suarez before I look at Nola or Wheeler, and I never thought I would say that. But right now, Suarez is in a zone. Dude, his breaking pitches are ridiculous. Yep. You know, and he's got that sneaky fastball. Fastball's like 93, 94. He's got that sneaky fastball. But I tell you what, his breaking pitches are handcuffed 
dropping people left and right, man. It, I tell you what, that was a thing of beauty to watch last night. Yeah, I just, I, I was just going to say, I just love to watch the guy pitch because it's a rhythm. He's a rhythmic pitcher. Get it yes. and go. Let's go. He can feel his position. Uh, he attacks. There's no fear. Like he's everything you want. The road doesn't matter. He's not affected by any of that kind of stuff. Right. It's just like, here we go. And he was good all night. Give the offense credit. They jumped early. Uh, good game. Nice win. Nice way to start that series. Give them, give the Phillies props. It was a, it was a very well-played game in general. Uh, this, this series and the series with Washington is so pivotal for this team. When you consider the last six games before the break are on the road at Tampa and Miami. Yeah. You know, so, yep. So these, these next six against, you know, um, the Cubs and you got the Nats in there for three. Yep. And I believe there's one other series before that as well. I think it's, um, is it just those? You got, you got to win. Yeah. I think it's just those two. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up while we're while we're talking, just to just to be sure. But you're right. So it's it's two more against Chicago, and then um, then they come back home for the Nats, which they should take care. Of. Yeah, then it's at Tampa, and then at Miami. So yeah, you got you have to take advantage here. You got to do that for sure. Um, so a couple a couple other little, little no excuses odds and because ends. those last six will be tough. Yes, agreed, uh, agreed. Um. So NHL draft tonight, Flyers have number seven and number 22. That's where they'll be picking. That's barring any more trades, which very well could happen. Uh, they've already moved Ivan Provorov, Kevin Hayes. There's a lot of talk about Travis Sanheim being moved too. Um, so I don't think we've seen anywhere near the end of the roster turnover that we're going to be seeing. So, you know, there could be stuff happening fast and furious tonight. I know, look, I, I, I'll be frank. I'm not going to be locked in on every second of the NHL draft. I'm just being real with you. I don't know that a lot of people are in our audience either, but it may be a night you want to just every once in a while, you know, either check your phone or flip over to it because I think the Flyers may be making some deals tonight. So you might want to pay attention. This is a little bit different tonight than your, your standard NHL draft for the Flyers. So are we going to be looking at the all kitty brigade on the ice for the team this year? The no name, all no name team. What are we looking at in terms of a roster for this team this year? I think we are looking at that, Derek. Yeah, I, I think you know there's going to be a couple guys sprinkled in. Couturier, uh, who's coming back from the back surgery, a couple others who you would be who would be considered veterans. But for the most part, uh, yeah, you're going to see a lot of youngsters and finding out if these guys can play where wins and losses aren't really the objective. So to answer your question, yes, uh, I think so. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, strap yourselves in for, a, for <laughs> strap yourselves in for a frustrating season. Um, yeah. But there could be a rainbow at the end of this tunnel. So you just never know. I'd yep. like to see that. Oh, you got pick what number seven and twenty-two? You said yes. Is that correct? Correct. I want to see them get the next Mario Lemieux, the next Yarmir Yager. That's who I want to see them get with at least one of those picks. Yeah, they with need to get a. Major impact. To. Yeah, major impact guy. I agree with you, Derek. I agree with you 100%. Um, so a couple other odds and ends here. Uh, Tobias Harris, <laughs> interesting comments, saying the casual Sixers fan uh, would trade me for a uh, crumble cookie. And, you know, <laughs> went on to, to say, good luck finding a guy who could do all the things that I do, that, car- that covers the other team's best player. All right, so so there's a lot there, right? There's a lot to dive into. The, the, my, 
Here's what my first thought was when I heard him say it. Let me just say this. Uh, he strikes me as a, 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 as a very good guy. He's a good guy in the community. I think he's a good teammate. Yep. Uh, there's never, there's never an ounce of like nonsense. You always feel like the guy is, is trying hard and working hard and everything like that. Like he's, I, I, I like him as a person. I do. I truly, truly like the guy as a person, but I think, and, and maybe this is, you know, maybe this comes from his dad because his dad had some comments over the weekend, but I think he truly o- overvalues who he is and how good he is. I mean, you know, you're talking about somebody, Derek, who, who signed a contract five years, 180 million, who's going to make 39.2 million this year um, and is his own biggest fan. You, you know, it, it's like, he's a guy who will tend to disappear late in games uh, I don't know about the cover the other team's best player and shut him down and all that other. I like, I, I don't know, man. He he's just a little delusional for me. Um, when you couple in what his his dad said and what he just said recently, um, Rob, to a certain degree, I have to say there's some truth to what he's talking about here. Um, is the is it true that? Under Doc Rivers, he was never allowed to be the kind of player that he he wanted to be or felt that he could excel. Um, you know, it, it, they say he's not a catch and shoot type. You know, he's one of these guys put it on the floor, dribble, back him down, flip it up, jump. Him. Yeah, we've seen him do that. He's lethal in that regard. A lot of times, night in and night out, he is he is actually guarding uh, the other team's better player. Um, and he, what did he say? You won't find a six. Nine Six, guy nine. who does who, who does the shoot, thing shoot damn near forty yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is is he telling the truth? Uh, here's what I think is, about him. Is there truth in what he says? I think um, I think he's like a three or a four on a team, and the problem is, and I don't blame him. I would have taken it too. Let me be really clear. The problem is though, he's paid like a one. And that's the issue that Sixers fans have. You know, they've expected they they did they thought they overpaid for him from the jump. They've been proven right that they overpaid for him. Uh, he's a he's a solid player, but he's paid like a great player, and that's that's really where this whole chasm is with all of it. It's that that's really what it comes down to for me. Okay, is it his fault the Sixers overpaid for him? No, nope, no. But also know who you are and know what you've done. That's all. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. We'll get more into it. We'll get more into it. Uh, I, and you know what? The, are, are you a fan of the Crumble Cookie? I think they're solid. I think they're a little overrated. Uh, no, I'm not a fan of the Crumble Cookie. But he's telling the truth. Most fans in the city would trade him for a Crumble Cookie. If you can get off of a salary. Yeah, he's telling would. the truth. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. Um, hey, let's put it like this. When, yeah. when you when you've had when you've had Trish's chocolate chip cookie <laughs> with the Reese peanut butter cup in the center of it, um, no other cookie compares. So the crumble cookie, uh, no, not a fan of the crumble cookie. No. Okay. All right. I well, right. I mean, look, no one should ever compare any kind of baking or cooking to Trish. Let, let's can we just be clear about that? <laughs> All right. Let's let's just get that out there. All right. Um, all right. So a couple other, a couple other little odds and ends here. So, uh, I got an Eagles question for you that I want to, I want to pose to you and everybody in the chat. So I want everybody to jump in on this. Okay. Eagles question. Oh, the day 
You have one game to win, Derek Gunn. One game to win. Who do you want coaching the Philadelphia Eagles? Do you want Dick Vermeil? Do you want Andy Reid? Do you want Doug Peterson? Do you want Nick Sirianni? Each of those guys has brought the Eagles to a Super Bowl. One has won one. Of those choices, you got four guys. We'll go a little old school with Vermeil. We go Andy Reid, more modern era. Doug Peterson, of course. Nick Sirianni, present day. Who are you going with? Oh, man, come on. That's not fair. That's a tough one. I know it's a tough one. No, hey, this is not for wimps, okay? That's that's not fair. Oh, my goodness. Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, Nick Sirianni, or Dick Vermeil. Right. I'm going with my guy, Andy Reid. Okay, big red. One game to win. Going with big, I mean, let's. I mean, let's face it. Uh, he, you know, the last few playoffs, he's had some incredible calls that have sealed playoff wins for him. Doug Peterson with the great Philly special call in the Super Bowl. Sirianni's made some great calls. Vermeer, I, I, that's a tough one, but I got to go with my guy, Big Red. I'm, I, I got to take Big Red in this situation. Big uh, Red, we used to scream because we thought he would always make these wrong calls, mismanagement of the clock when he was in Philadelphia. Whatever he didn't do in Philadelphia, he figured out and then some in Kansas City. And wow, has it paid off for him in, in, in recent years? I got to go with I got to go with Andy. Based right. on overall experience, big game experience, I got to go with Big Red. So uh, we're getting a lot here on the uh, on the chat. A lot yep. of Andy getting a lot of love. Yeah, so little Nick love. All right, uh, life isn't fair. Make a choice. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, it's funny. It's funny. Um, all right, so I, here's where I would go. I, I first of all, I feel pretty good about any of them. Let me just say that. Um, but no, no, no. Hold up, hold I'm up. Answering. Oh my uh, god. No, you not see. That's a that's a perfect politically correct statement. I didn't go there. I thought about it, and then I gave you a definitive answer. You okay, come out of the box with, well, you know, I would go with any of them. Yeah, come on, man. Seriously, you set me up. You're right. That's that was that up. was weak. That was weak. I agree. Um, all right, I'm going Doug Peterson, and okay. here's why, Derek. Overcoming adversity in the in the body of a game. I think Doug, Doug was like nerves of steel in that Super Bowl. I, I don't know. It was unbelievable. Think about it. So it's very back and forth most of the game. He 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 coached pedal to the metal the whole game, knowing if I give Brady even a little bit of air, like we're in trouble. Going forward on fourth downs in your own territory, the the you know, the 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 Philly special. Like he pulled out all the stops and I thought coached the exact kind of game that you had to coach in that situation. And so that doesn't mean that Andy wouldn't do it now, but when I saw Andy doing it as an Eagle, I think Doug coached a better game. Uh, Nick had a 10 point lead at the half and I'm not necessarily blaming him for the loss. I'm not, I'm not but big red out coached him. Um, and then, you know, for meal when he was the Eagles coach had his team too tight in the Super Bowl. He since won one in a different place. So did Andy. They're different. They were way different coaches later than they were then. But if you're asking me, I got to go with the guy who did it in an Eagles. Uh, what did he have on a pullover or golf shirt? So I'm going to take Doug. Uh, was it Doug or was it Frank Reich? Yeah, it's a good. Well, we don't know. We uh, will never know who was the uh, head coach. That's all I know. 
Well, look at what happened to Doug after Frank left. Doug's doing all right. He's doing no, all right. He's not, I didn't say that. I yeah, just said now he, he didn't right away. You're right. You're right. After, look what happened after Frank left and his 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 tenure with the Eagles after people questioned his decision making. You know, why are you doing it? People, it was like Andy Reid part two all over again. You know. Um, let's see, is Reed a better coach or does he just have a better question? Think about this. So let's play off of Dan. I think he's a better coach. Well, let's play off of Sills' question. He he may be a better coach, but he definitely has the better quarterback. Now, who had the better quarterback in Super Bowl 52? Nick Foles or Tom Brady? Foles. (laughs) (laughs) Do I need to send somebody over there? And one. With, with Nick Foles over the goat, over the goat, D guy. Come on, I'm worried about you now. I gotta, I gotta get you some help. Oh, uh, uh, tell, tell us to get this man some milk. I know, or get him some air. Get him, get him a fan. Get a fan in that room. We, we gotta, we gotta help you out here, man. Oh um, man. But I think it's fun to look at because you, you, you have to take everything sort of into account, right? It's, it's right. like in the moment. Uh, what 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 kind of coach were they at that po- juncture in their career? You know, notice I didn't put Chip in there, but I, I I gave you almost everybody else from from over that or Ray Rhodes, but I gave you almost everybody else during that era. But that's yeah. the thing. I mean, you look at it and you're saying to yourself, "All right, Andy was a little bit different when he was here. Um, Vermeil was a little bit different first time around before he you know he had this sab- sabbatical and then he went back with the Rams. It's a tough question, really is now. And the thing is, you know, I thought. I don't know. How much do you lay last year on Nick in the Super Bowl versus players or Gannon or whatever? How much do you lay on Nick? Um, no, I, I lay more on Gannon than Nick. I mean, you 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 know, Nick Nick's not coaching Jalen Hurts to do something he hasn't done all season, fumble a snap, which leads to an opposing touchdown. Right. Nick, Nick, Nick's offense put up 35 points. Yep. Okay. Jonathan Gannon's defense was like a sieve. It was like watching the Eagles' defense in that Super Bowl against New England. His <laughs> defense was a sieve. No, yeah, this, that was not play. on Nick. Yeah. No, that was definitely not on Nick. That, mm-hmm. that, that was on Jonathan Gannon, man. No adjustments in the entire second half to get off the field. They, they could not get off the field. They needed mm-hmm. one stop the entire last 30 minutes of the game. They could not get one stop. Mm-hmm. And the most demoralizing aspect on the ground, and that's when you knew it was over. Instead Say it again. Say it again. You broke up for a second, Gunner. Say okay. the most demoralizing the most, part again. The most, demor- the most demoralizing thing of that second half of that Super Bowl was the Kansas yeah. City running back runs. Instead of running it into the end zone, he sits down on the one-yard line. Yep. That's the signature on the ultimate disappointment. It was. And it was a smart play by them, for sure, uh, and no well-coached. Yep. No question. Yep. But I think no, it is interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I'm sorry you broke up again, Derek. So we, let's do this. You got you got a little bit of a bad signal. We're, we're going to get you straightened out when we, we – we're going to hit right. it. Let's hit it. We'll come back. We'll do Eagles, yay or nays. Good stuff. Good reaction from the folks in the in the chat. We we appreciate that uh, on that question. We try to throw you a little Eagles question every day like that to have some fun. And most, right most said Andy. Most said Andy. By the way, most did say Andy. Most agreed with you, and and that's okay. That's all. we we like to. We're not afraid to be you know in the minority, Derek. With the right us right people. No, I mean, that's okay. No. I mean what? 
Yeah, I hear you. All right, let's uh, let's get a timeout. We'll come back. Uh, Eagles, yay or nays for the upcoming season? Okay, for example, will Jalen Hurts win the MVP? Yay or nay? We'll do that when we come back. Don't mm. go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you right now about Bravo Pizza, right? Almost 1230. We're right in the middle of lunchtime, right? You hungry? Need a bite to eat? You know what? Pop into Bravo Pizza of Havertown. It's, it, it is perfect. Whether you like pizza, whether you like pasta, whether you like sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads, they have it all. You, you just, you know, you know what? I'm not up for a whole pizza. I just want a slice. They have slices. Whatever you need. Family owned since 1985. I've been going there since I was a kid. You pop in there, you say hi to Alex and the crew. Everything's fresh. Everything. They have 20 different styles of pizza. They have the, you name it, they will make it. Specialized pizza your way. The other thing is they're always looking out for the community. Bravo Pizza is committed to the community. They have fundraisers, charities for schools, for little leagues, where those proceeds go to those organizations who need them so much. Follow Bravo Pizza of Havertown on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials, promotions, the menu. You can see all the great stuff that they have. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. That's 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call, 610-446-3810-446. 3810 Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24 7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? Yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go up, mama. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
Eagles. All right, welcome back, everybody. Rob LSD Gun hanging out with you on up. this Wednesday. Yes. How does, how, does my, how does my connection seems now? It seems better. I, I think you were uh, you were on a little bit of a delay, which you and I were kind of stumbling on each other. Uh, and and yep. you're you would occasionally break up. I, it's a little uh, slightly grainy, not terrible, but I, but I think we're back on. You know, in terms of like uh, no delay, that's good. It's How's that? still that's not grainy. Bad. Uh, not bad. I mean, not uh, just a little slightly off, not, but not terrible. Not not bad. Mm. It's certainly doable. Yeah, we're good. We're good. That's it. I, I can't do the show today. I got to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll just go solo. Go. You're good. Take the rest of the day off. Yeah. yeah uh, pull it, Dan Celio. Yes. We'll adapt and overcome. Okay. We will adapt and overcome. All right. Mr. Taz wants to throw something out there. Am I the only one who finds it weird that both Reed and Vermeer lost Super Bowls in Philly, won Super Bowls in KC? Well, Ooh. he didn't, Mr. Taz, he didn't. Vermeer won in St. Louis. Uh, they, they're both, I guess you could say they're both in the same state. Uh, but um, I don't know that I don't know that I would say it's a curse. I think what happened was I, I think Andy Andy took more. He had too much on his plate here the last couple of years, and I think he gladly went back to coaching with input in the front office, where he had a lot more say and power and, and responsibilities uh, while he was here at the end. I think that helped. I think for meal for thing is pretty incredible to sit out. Was it 14 years, whatever. It's crazy that he came back and won one crazy. Uh, and, and did it with a backup quarterback. Nobody had heard of in Kurt Warner. Um, I just think it's a, I, I really think it's more coincidence than it is uh, some kind of Philadelphia curse or something like that. I do. I just think it's one of those things. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it, it's just one of those, those those annual annuals you write in the legacy of pro football, you know, and, yeah. and you put it in a category of you know strange but true circumstances. You know, um, I don't think there's any correlation between the two. Um, it, it just happened. You're right. Um, in, in Andy's latter tenure here, they finally took away the like the the decision making title away from him um, and and got him back to coaching. Unfortunately, the team kept going downward instead of up to the point where the two sides agreed it was in his best interest to move on. And then, of course, he gets to Kansas City, and they said, all we want you to do is coach. You let us worry about the other stuff you just coach. And you look at the job they've done since his arrival there in terms of putting talent around him. And, of course, the, one, of the greatest, one of the greatest chapters in Kansas City's Chiefs history is that they move up in the draft and take this guy, named Patrick Mahomes. You know, and, and Andy, you know, Andy's talked about it. He's like, are you sure? Are you mm -hmm. sure about this? And you know the, the brain trustee, trust me, you got to we got to take this kid. And right. lo and behold, every, everything else is, has told his own story since those two have been a match made in heaven. You know, and, and to add to that, props to Andy for being the ever evolving guy that he is as a coach. He would he was he could have rested on his laurels. He had a lot of success, but he is an innovator, and he's always a couple of steps ahead. Does it help when you have Patrick Mahomes? Of course, but he adapts to what Patrick Mahomes does best to keep things fresh and to make him great. So I, I think, I think all those, all those things are, are applicable. When you, when you've been in a game as long as an Andy Reed, you get set in your ways. We all do in our lives mm -hmm. and it's hard to change, but Andy identified that for him to continue to be successful, he would have to adapt. I mean, think about it. 
he can still relate to the young players today, obviously with five kids. You know, he can still relate to today's young player, which is a much different type of player mindset compared to when he began his head coaching journey, you know, mm -hmm. way back in 1998. You know, mm -hmm. the mindset of players have changed tremendously in terms of how you yell at them, coddle them, so on and so forth. Through the time, through the test of times, he has withstood the test of time and adapted unbelievably. So he's what, 67 now. Yeah. And you look at his his offensive approach compared to when he was in Philadelphia. The one thing that we screamed about forever, except the one year that they had T.O., is why did this team never go out and get frontline wide receivers? Mm -hmm. It was always the Greg Lewis's, James Thrash's, Todd Pinkston's. They never went out and got the premier wide receiver until they got – you know, T.O. in here, and look at what happened. It turned out to be a Super Bowl campaign for the, for Andy Reid. Mm -hmm. um, but look at since he, he's, he's gotten to Kansas City, look at the different type of receivers they've had come in there. Mm -hmm. Much better crop of wide receivers. Can you imagine Donovan McNabb having the collection oh. of receivers Andy Reid has had at his disposal at his tenure in Kansas City? I'm talking to guys like that. Um, it was much better than the collection Donovan had here. No doubt. No doubt. And I think it was a mistake that Andy made, you know, uh, for sure. And, you know, here's – you want to see – you know what's really ironic, Derek? Um, last year, the Chiefs won – well, they had Travis Kelsey, who's, who's a great, great, great tight end, uh, you know, a Hall of Fame tight end. But as far as the receivers went, they were kind of similar in ability to what Andy had in the pre-TO years here. And they were, and they were, he was finally able to win one with, you know, that level of talent of receiver. Now you had an extraordinary quarterback, you know, and with all due respect to Donovan Mahomes is better and you were able to overcome it, but, but up, you know, he had Tyreek Hill previously, but last year he had solid, like Juju Smith, you know, yeah. solid types. Not great though. Those receivers, that collection receivers was still better than what he had prior to T.O. in Philadelphia. I mean, think about it. I mean, I would have taken any one of those guys, Torrance Small, Todd Pinkston, James Thrash. Now, James Thrash was a tough receiver, um, but I would, I'd take Juju in a minute over those guys. I'm just saying they're not great. They're, the, they're solid. You know, they're, they're solid for sure. Hey, let me, let me pass this along to you. Uh, Adam Schefter says that a handful of NFL players, including Colts cornerback, uh, who we talked about before on the show, Isaiah Rogers, they're expected to receive season-long suspensions uh, this week for gambling. So it's not just Isaiah Rogers. There's going to be a handful, so at least four more uh, coming down the pike. So we'll, we'll find out who it is. I don't know if there's any big names or anything, but he's saying it's going to be a handful of guys. So in addition to him, we'll find out. See, it, it goes back to what I said. Did, did, did the Calvin Ridley scenario not teach you anything? Did, are you not listening? Are you not watching what's happening out there? And, and, and now they're talking about it's mandatory now. They're going to have to abide by these six new rules uh, pertaining to gambling. Somebody else is going to get caught down the road. Somebody's going to try, mm -hmm. try to find a way to backdoor the rules. These kids don't learn nowadays. They just yeah. don't. Yeah. You know, you you're going to lose an entire season. And we're not talking about 
players like the Calvin Ridley's who've made big money. We're talking about guys who are marginal talent. And we don't know what else is coming. Okay. Um, now, can you afford hoop ever again? Really? I mean, how, how many times do we have to beat this in these guys? It's the same thing. These guys have these rookie symposiums about, hey, stay away from unsavory elements. Don't be hanging around with these kind of people. You have pro bowlers who go to these rookie symposiums and share their stories and try to scare these young guys straight. And yet we still have any drugs, DUIs, alcohol problems, uh, domestic violence, so on and so forth. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see if we if we get the word on who it is during the show, we'll pass it along. But it looks like Isaiah Rogers is one of them, and that yeah, that could be the end of his career. A guy like that, he's exactly the, the type of player that you're talking about here. Um, all right, so uh, let's jump over to our Eagles, yay or nay. So pretty obvious the way this works. You either think it's going to happen, it's not going to happen. We pose a scenario at you. Uh, all right, Derek, let's go with the first one. Jalen Hurts, M V. P. He was a runner-up last year to uh, to Patrick Mahomes. It ha- a lot of people believe had he stayed healthy for the entire year, he might have won it. All right, will he win the MVP this year? Yay or nay? Nay. Okay. Why? The reason being, Patrick Mahomes is the darling of the league. Jalen Hurts, if he continues to perform. The same way in Nick Sirianni's offense, he doesn't have enough passing attempts. He doesn't have enough total yards, enough touchdowns, even though he is the ultimate weapon. Let's face it, people are enamored, and decision makers and voters are enamored with any and everything that Patrick Mahomes does. And then you look at those, even though Jalen finished second in the voting this year, then you look at those, there's others that people have such a fondness for. I look at a, a, a Joe Burrow. Everybody talks about Joe Burrow threw for 44, 7,500 yards and 35 touchdowns last year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen threw for 42.83. What's the difference? Burrow threw 606 passing attempts. Allen, 567 passing attempts. Jalen Hurts, 460 passing attempts. I just don't think in a league in, in a league where everybody's so caught up in the uh, volume of throws, of completion percentage, yards, touchdowns, that Jalen will get a fair shake. And I said it before, and I'll say it again: if Jalen had not missed those two games, it would have been neck and neck with Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes set a new record. Here's the defining: set a new record for passing yards in a season. Boom! That was the difference. Patrick Mahomes wins it again. I, Patrick Mahomes is going to be at the top of the discussion again this year. Patrick Mahomes threw the ball 648 times last season. Those guys are going to be at the top of the, the, the order again. Jalen Hurts is going to have a phenomenal year. I still don't think Jalen will get the MVP. I, I think he you? put. I think he. I say nay. Also, I here's why. I think he definitely put himself in, on the map and in the conversation, and now he's in the consciousness of, of yeah. everybody that he is in, in, in that elite category as present day quarterbacks go. But I think with he's there's still, I think there's still a little bit, a little bit that maybe nudges him out a little bit of that. Like I, I get it from people a lot. Well, they'll say, 
he only threw for 22 touchdowns. Like, well, he scored 35 touchdowns. There's still that knock if you do it with your legs a little bit rather than just being the gunslinger. And, and yeah, I know yep. Mahomes is mobile and, and, and does spectacular things, but he, it's mostly buying time. Occasionally he'll take off. Hertz is still thought of right or wrong, mostly wrong, as just being a mobile quarterback. When we know better, he's not just that. He's far from it. But I think that hurts him a little, not a ton, a little bit. But it, it might be enough where he can't get quite the voters that Mahomes might get. Or if Burrow goes crazy with his arm, that he might nudge him out. I think it's real close. I think he's in probably any top three discuss, uh, if he stays healthy. Again, I think he just misses out. Just misses out. So you say nay. Nay. I'm nay on that one. Okay. All, All right. right. Okay. Brandon Graham had a had a, an unbelievable renaissance kind of year last year. He came off at a torn Achilles, 34 years old, 11 sacks. Will Brandon Graham either match or go over that total in 2023? Yay or nay? D-Gun. Ooh, ooh. Brandon Graham played almost 43% of the snaps last year to get those 11 QB sacks. It took him 13 seasons in his career to get double-digit sacks. Brandon Graham said last year he was fine with his role being reduced. Now you got a bunch of new kids on the block. Ah, new kids on the block. Nice. You like that one, huh? Ah, new kids on the block this year. Nolan Smith, Carter. Um, you know how I am about Brandon Graham is my guy. I'm going to say nay. I think he'll play less than 42% of the snaps. Uh, I think they're going to want to keep him fresher. Um, I think he's going to be right around eight or nine this year, which is still a good season for a guy 35 years old. But I'm going to say no, he equal 11 sacks this year. Uh, I'm all, I hate to keep agreeing, but I'm going to say nay. Also, I I just think to expect him to get to 12 sacks with another year under his belt, not in a full-time role. Um, and and what you don't know is what's the middle of the defense going to look like. We know how ferocious it was with Hargrave, which means they're so concerned about him and allows guys on the edge sometimes to do their thing. We don't know right now what that's going to look like. And I think that may hurt Brandon a little bit. You make a great point about his snaps maybe being even more down uh, this year than they were last year. I think he's in the 8-9 category, which is darn good still for, for any age, uh, but especially yeah. at the age that he's at. So I'm going to Absolutely. say nay. All right, so we're we're a double nay so far, Gunner. All right, let's, uh, let's go to this one. Will the Eagles have a 1,000-yard rusher this season? They had one last year with Miles Sanders. Will they have one this year? I'm going to say nay. I think they're going to they're going to be one of the top teams rushing the football overall this year. But when you look at the depth of the running backs now, because these guys can do so many different things, um, I'm going to say you 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 might have a guy you might have a guy pushing 900 yards, but you got too many backs in the backfield. They've got to get their touches. Um, this back this backfield is four deep. Not many teams can say that in the National Football I don't know if another team can say that in the National Football League. They're four deep at running back. They will be in the top two or three running the football again, but I do not believe they will have a 1,000-yard rusher. When you look at the combination of Penny and, and Swift and, you know, the other young kids coming up, no, I don't think so. I don't think they will either. I'm going nay on this uh, for a couple of reasons. One – until I'm proven otherwise, I, I can't buy that 
Swift and or Penny are going to play 17 games or close to 17 games or enough games to get over the thousand yard mark. Neither one's done it in their career on the ground. Uh, I think there's going to be enough incorporation of Gainwell and Boston Scott and, and both Penny and Swift splitting things. I think some of it's going to depend on that guy's hot that day or whatever uh, that, that you could see two guys get, you know, in the eight hundreds or something like that, or the seven hundreds, but they're also, especially Swift is going to catch a lot of passes too. Um, no. And I think the Eagles are just fine with that. If this is a committee thing, you know, you add to the fact that Jalen hurts gets his fair share of rushes too. And I know he did last year also, but now I don't think so. I, I think we're going to, I don't think that means we're going to come away disappointed in the way that the, the running backs played, but I just think it's a little bit of a different setup than, than what most teams have. And that's okay. Uh, all right. We're Nick all nice here. Feels, yeah. I think Nick Sirianni feels just as comfortable with his fourth back being Boston Scott as he does his first back. And that's a great attribute to how this team has been built for this upcoming season. And I think it's going to be whoever has the hot hand game to game. It's going to vary game to game. Whoever has the hot hand uh, is the one that's going to get most of the touches. But I think for the most part, when we look at the numbers at the end of the season, all things being equal, I think the numbers are going to be fairly equal across the board. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go with this one. Rookie Jalen Carter, first round pick. Over, under five sacks. Will he go over? Will he go under? Well, let's just say this. Will he go over five sacks? Yeah or nay? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Wow. Considered the best defensive player draft. Once he gets his feet wet under I'm going to say yay. I'm going to say yay to this one. If he plays 45, 50% of the snaps, and let's face it, you got fresh young legs in there. If he stays healthy, and if he does what we think he does with his quickness and his speed and his power, I'm going to say yay. Um, okay. You know, Javon Hargrave, um, obviously a proven vet, knows all the little tricks and nuances. You know, he had 11. He wasn't a run defender, but he was a pass rusher. Mm -hmm. um, and Jalen Carter comes in with this burst, this, this energy. I'm going to say he gets about 6-7. Yes, so I'll say yay to that. All right, I'm going to say nay. I think he's right on the number. I think he's right on oh. five. So he doesn't get oh. over. Now, now let's look, look think about that. For a rookie defensive tackle, five sacks is a pretty good year. So uh, I I think he will be – I think when we come away from the end of the season, we're going to say this is the best defensive tackle they have on the roster. So I think we're going to feel good about him. Uh, but I, I think the second, third year is where he starts getting into that seven to ten category. This year I think he's right on five. Okay. Uh, and I love him. Yeah. I think I think the guy is is crazy talented. I do think he's the most talented defensive player who was in last year's draft. Okay. Uh, I like this one. So CJ GJ left. All yep. and his six interceptions went with him to Detroit. Yep. So that 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 void's got to be filled by somebody. Let's go James Bradbury here. Will James Bradbury lead the Eagles in interceptions? Yay or nay, he will lead the, the Eagles in interceptions. Let's see. Uh, Slay and Br uh, Bradbury tied for second most interceptions last year with three apiece. You've noticed that they started throwing, teams started throwing more at Slay and less at Bradbury. That's, so yes. I'm going to say, I'm going to say nay on that one. Um, I'm going to say Slay will lead the team in interceptions because he's going to have more targets thrown his way again this year. Um, that's, not against, that's, that's not a knock against Slay. 
It's just that James Bradbury was the more consistent of the two um, throughout the course of the season. So I'm going to say nay. Now, Bradbury may have three, four, five interceptions, but I'm going to say Slay has more, so I'll say no to, uh, nay to Bradbury. I like uh, I like your logic there. I like the you know who they're going to be targeting a little bit more based off of the way last year played out, and and I agree with you. Um, I'm going to go yay on this because he they will throw at him so much. It could be I don't know any, that anybody's getting six like CJGJ did, but could he get four or five? Yep, absolutely could get four or five. So I'll say Brad. I, I will say Bradbury. Uh, I'll say Slay leads them, and it'll be a nay on Bradbury. I agree with you. There you go. See? All right. Brilliant minds All right. like. <laughs> All right. This one could be the this could be the lock. Yay or nay. Hassan Reddick will lead the Eagles in sacks. Yay or nay, D Gun. Uh, yay. There's no question. Yeah. There's no yeah. question. He is the he is the their pass rush assassin. Um 16 sacks last year. Now, granted, he's gonna be playing a little bit different caliber quarterbacks this year. I don't care what he has. I don't care if it's even if he dips down to 11, 12, 13, whatever his number is, um, he definitely lead this team in QB sacks in 23. When you stack up against Sweat, Sweat may push him, push him, but when the, when the dust settles at the end of a 17 game season, if Reddick stays healthy, Reddick will definitely be leading this team in QB sacks. Okay, I would agree. Uh, I'm going to say yay as well. Now let me follow up with that. Yay or nay, Josh Sweat will be number two in sacks, uh, in terms of most sacks this season. Yay, yes. Even with the addition of Nolan Smith, Brandon Graham coming back, uh, I think, and even if Derek Barnett gets his his reps, if they they keep Derek Barnett, I think Josh Sweat has turned the corner in terms of being a consistent frontline edge rusher for this team. Uh, so yes, I think he will be number two. So I, that's a big yay for me. Uh, me too. I think it's a hundred percent Josh Sweat. I, I think Josh Sweat turned his turned the corner last year and it has figured a lot of things out. So uh, I would agree with that. Yay. Uh, okay. Yay or nay? Over under twelve and a half wins this season. They had fourteen Ooh. in the regular season last year. It's twelve and a half this year with a much more difficult schedule. I have to go nay. Um, this schedule is a murderer's row. It's already uh, billed as, as number one or number two toughest schedule in all the NFL. Um, getting 12 wins in this schedule is not impossible for this team. That offense is going to have to carry defense for the, for the first four or five games until the defense starts to catch up with all the new pieces, new coaches, new players. Um, but that one stretch that we talked about last week, five games in a row after that bye week, that is huge. Um, this team is good enough to win the division, but I'm going to say no, say nay on the over to 12 and a half. I, I'm, I'm a nay guy. I, I think they win 11. I've, I've said to you, I think they're 11 yeah. and six. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be close with the Cowboys to win the division, but I think 11 and six will, will be just fine in the playoffs. It's nothing to worry about it. It's, it's not going to mean some big drop off. It just means they're playing yeah. better teams. And the defense isn't going to, I don't think, quite be ready to start the year. So I, I'm I'm okay, and, and it'll be 11, but it's under. It's a nay for me there. All yep. right, Derek, it hasn't happened since the, since the as they say, aughts, 04, 05. Uh, nobody has won the NFC East on, in back-to-back seasons. The Eagles did it last year. 
Yay or nay, the Eagles win the NFC East this season. Oh, yeah. Uh, yay. It's going to be a two-horse race between Dallas and the Eagles. They both have really tough schedules. Dallas is going to push them again. Um, but I just think the Eagles have uh, superior talent to the Cowboys in too many areas. They have the better quarterback. They have the um, quarterback that's going to turn the ball over the least. Uh, this team, whether they strike quickly or slow, methodical drives, look at how, look at how this offense can eat up a clock as well. Um, so I would say because of those two things, a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over frequently and an offense that can control the clock at will, um, I say, yay, that this will be the first time since, what, 03, 04, the yep. Eagles went back-to-back division titles. Yep, I say, yay. This is a tough one. Oh, this one's tough. Uh, you know, the thing you always have to keep in mind with this is the Cowboys have almost the same, a little tweaks here and there, very similar schedule in terms of difficulty. Uh, and I think the Giants under under Dable are better, but th- I don't think they're ready to compete with Dallas and the Eagles in terms of 11, 12, 13 wins, whatever. I don't think they're there yet. But they're good. And the, and the problem is you, for, for everybody, you play in a tough division. You're going to beat each other up a little bit. Um, when I take all of that into account, I think the Eagles are the most talented team in the NFC East. I think Dallas is close. Yep. Eagles, it'll be a yay. It, the streak will be broken for the first time in almost 20 years. Uh, this year, Ooh. I believe that. I believe that. Took, now, I believe what I believe is it's going to come wild. down. To, uh, took you a little while to get to your yay. I know. <laughs> I, it's true. I look. I, I think it comes down to the wire, though. I like. I, I think that last game. I think it's the Giants, right? The, the Giants for the second time in three weeks. I, I think that game could be. The Eagles might have to win it to win the division. Let me put it. Let me at least see what Dallas has. Let me see what they have at the end here. Uh, all right, so here's how the Cowboys finish, Derek, if it's close. Cowboys, oh, boy. And that's not easy. So the Cowboys finish the season. They go Eagles at Dallas, yep. at Buffalo, at Miami, Detroit home, at Washington. That's a tough finish, too, like the Eagles have. Man. That, that's brutal. Yep. Oof. Oof. All right, I'm going. I'm going to go Eagles. I'm going to go yay on that one. Okay, um, you you really hesitated there for a while. I did. I did. Just throw. I look. I'm not. I'm not a homer. I'm not. I swear to you. You know that. I t- I tell it what, like it what is. Happened, what happened, Mister Philadelphia loyalty? You, I you, am Mister Philadelphia, but I will never come on here with pop bombs ever. <laughs> I keep it real. Um. All right. Yay or nay? Nick Sirianni will be voted coach of the year in the NFL. Oh. Wow. Um, who, who won it last year? Oh. Uh, did they – did – hold on. Wasn't it Dable? I think it was Dable. Um, 2022. What was his record? I think they won nine or ten. It was Dable. Uh, it, it was went, Brian Dable. It was. He was the yep. AP coach, coach of the year. That is correct. It was Brian Dable. Uh, hold on. I'm, che- I'm just checking who else here. It was. So it went. It went Dable, Shanahan, Doug, 
McDermott, Sirianni, O'Connell in Minnesota, Campbell, Big Red. That was your order. So, so your coach posted the best record in the NFL along with Kansas City at 14 and 3. And look how far down the pecking order he was in, in the coach of the year. Right after winning 14 games. So I have right. to yep. say nay. Yeah. I have to say nay. You know, we talked about this before, and I think there's some validity to it. There's something about voters when it comes to Philadelphia that just shun Philadelphia for a number of categories year in and year out. And I think he gets shunned again. I think you look at the Cincinnati coach. Um, Zach Taylor. You, you look at yeah, Zach Taylor. Um, uh, Robert Sala in the Jets with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Um, I just think Nick Sirianni, no matter what he does, because he's coached in Philadelphia, he's going to get shunned again. So I would have to say big nay on that one. Yeah, you know what it is too, Derek? I, a lot of times it's the – they would rather vote for either the team that kind of comes out of nowhere and surprises you or, or isn't viewed as a team with great talent on the roster. Like I think they looked at the Eagles last year and, and saw Hertz play great, saw 2000 yard receivers, saw a really good offensive line, saw the most sacks in football and, and couple that with the schedule and said, you know, this guy had a lot going for him to, to, for that team to win 14 games. And maybe he doesn't get the love there. So if, if I look, if I try and look at this and I'm like, all right, who could be the sneak-up team this year? Um, Ooh, Detroit? Yeah, right? Detroit, yeah, because they're, they're on the come. And he got a little love last year, Campbell did. It could be Detroit. New Orleans? Could be New Orleans with Dennis Allen. It could be Atlanta with Arthur Smith. It could be... Yes. If the hoodie, if the hoodie makes a comeback, Who else am I looking at here, um, it could be Mike Tomlin. Oh, oh, they love the hoodie. They love the hoodie. What about uh, who what, else? What about Pete Carroll? What about Pete Carroll? Yeah, I mean, they got back on the, uh, you know, kind of dusted themselves off last year and, and got back in the conversation. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I did pro football. Our buddy Marcus says uh, Carolina, meaning Frank Reich. Yes. If he does, look, here's if he does one, really well with Young. Could be Sean Payton, Sean Payton. That's a good one. Here's why they're going to say what a disaster it was last year. Look what this guy did, you know, and and he resurrected uh, a a Russell and he, you know, that's a good one. I like Sean Payton. That's a good guess. It's a good guess. Yeah. I, it's a weird thing. I I think it's more like it's harder for you. If your team's really talented, they're not going to maybe give you as much love for the coaching job that you did. If there was ever a year for Nick Sirianni to win that award, it was this past season. Yeah. Because of all the stats you just threw out there. I don't care how loaded the team was. The bottom line is you got to be able to coach these guys up. There have been a whole lot of talented teams in the history of the NFL that just disintegrated because mm-hmm. you had too many individuals in that you know unity within the structure of the team in the locker room. You know, look at all the pieces that that, that Howie Roseman kept adding to the equation and it equated to a 14-win season. You look at the numbers your quarterback put up, you look at the numbers your defense put up, and he still came in, what, like fifth or sixth in the voting? Yeah. Th- th- there's no way he wins coach of the year this year. No way. Well, I think that the, the, other, the other component to that is, okay, th- you're right. Think about this year. You're going in – 
they lost a few people, but you're going in with another stacked roster with a team that went to the Super Bowl with high expectations. If you're expecting, it's harder to win. It's harder to win. Um, so I think that's – yeah, look, that's okay. It's the whole you – know, they don't like us. We don't care. Who cares? So it's all good. It's all good. There you go. All right. Um, good stuff, man. I think we got to all of them. Hey, you forgot, you forgot one, though. Oh, what did we miss? Will Dallas Goddard have his first 1,000-yard season, yay or nay? I'm going to say nay. Go first. I'm going to say nay. Here's why, Derek. Uh, it, uh, it's um, you, When you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, and you have now DeAndre Swift, who, who is going to catch passes out of that backfield, there is only so, there's only so many passes you can throw in a game. Uh, plus, Dallas has a little bit of an injury history that he's got to show you he can play a full 17. Uh, it doesn't mean he's not really good because he is, but I don't think he gets a thousand. I could I see him in eight hundreds, for sure, and that's a really good year out of a tight end. If you're not, you know, Travis Kelsey or one of these other, you know, beasts. So I, I will say, nay on that one. I agree with you. 2021, he played 15 games. He had 830 receiving yards. Last year, dipped down to 12. He had he had 56 catches in 21. 55 catches in 12 games in 22. His number dropped down to 702. I think w- the way they're going to spread this offense, I still think he's going to be in at 55 to 65 percent, uh, 55 to 65 catch radius, and his numbers are going to be like right around 750, 810, something like that. So I have to say a nay also. Okay. Okay. Uh, it was fun. The yay or nay is always fun, man. Uh, I, I like, like it. Good that. work. Good work out of you, Gunner. You like that? Yes. Yes, Kirk Cousins. Yes. Uh, all right. So uh, let's come back and and let's hit those Phillies a little bit. 5-1 win. Ranger Suarez dealing 16-5 and in their last 21. And Aaron Nola on the hill tonight. We'll do that. We'll dip a little bit further into Tobias Harris, the NHL draft. Uh, the greatest series continues. We have the Raiders and Derek. Top five best Super Bowls ever. Top five yep. best Super Bowls yep. ever. So you want to start that going in the chat? You can you can start jumping in on that as well. So we'll do all those things. When we come back, and Otani added again last night, uh, Derek. We, we, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this guy. This dude lifetime. is ridiculous. The, the money he's going to make after this season oh. is, is oh. ridiculous. What he's doing yeah. as a pitcher and an everyday player. How is he holding up? I don't know. That's the thing. Can he can he get to the finish line? That's the big question, you know? Because they're they're pretty good this year. They're yeah, they usually are. out of it by September. They're 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 actually in it this year. We'll see. All right, let's do it. Hit it. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because you, it is critical, critical to be able to set yourself up either later in life or present day. You want to invest your money with someone that you trust and someone that knows what the heck they're doing. And that is Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. If you have a small business and you try to set up your employee benefits, that is another resource that Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group can help you with. Personally, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751, or you could email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray, dot Jim at principal.com.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, welcome back in, everybody. We are Sports State, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Hey, uh, Tone, give me the uh, the email address. I meant to uh, bring this up a little bit earlier. So uh, we have uh, established a, an email address that you can send uh things too it, it's sports take jacob at gmail.com sports take jacob at gmail.com what we did what we did the first couple days we set this thing up was a, a lot of you we were trying to get to know you you know what get, you know look see you know, whatever and and you guys were great you sent us pictures when you were little kids baby pictures whatever the case may be to to present day you don't necessarily have to do that i thought that was really really cool to get to kind of put the name with the face um but if you want to do that, you want to send us things you like about the show, uh, which you don't like, suggestions, uh, anything, anything really um, pertaining to the show, related to the show that you like, that you don't like, that you, you think would work well or something you want to share, something cool that's happening in your life, whatever the question may be, you know, any of those things uh, would, would really, really work for us. So feel free to send them our way. Again, sportstakejacob at gmail.com. Go ahead, Gunner. So, so before you before you went to commercial break, uh, you know, you you mentioned that we're going to talk about like what, what we felt were the top five. Uh, Mr. Tag, 
Professor's petition, petition for the Degon Cookbook. <laughs> I must admit, as much as it pains me because, because she's sitting right over here, a lot of my success on the grill when it comes to seasoning and things like that is because she has browbeat me to death in terms of, I like this on my meat, I like that. So a lot of my seasonings that guests love is because of her browbeating me, um, um, my wife browbeating me to try different seasonings and stuff. Okay, so okay, but there will be no cookbook. There's some things that just need to be kept secret. But what I was getting to is before you went to the commercial break, you know, you mentioned how we're going to talk about in the football segment, you know, five of the greatest Super Bowls that we've watched in our lifetime. And I already had my list, you know, when I when I talked to you about it on the pre-show meeting. And during the break, she goes, "My favorite is this one. One of my favorites is this one." And I said, "Oh, so I had to scratch one off and put this one on there because." Um, I'll tell you which one it is. It's the one where Seattle made such a huge mistake oh. in New England and in the final seconds. She says there's a backstory to Malcolm Butler in that interception. I'm trying to find a backstory, and I can't find it yet. But mm -hmm. I had to immediately put that one on it because that was a great Super Bowl. It was an incredible Super Bowl game. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. It really basically came down to that last play, uh, almost. Cool. I mean, it was all. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's a that's a great one. Um, it was yeah. a bad coaching decision by Pete Carroll. Yeah, it was. I think Daryl Bevel was the offensive coordinator, but that's where if you're Pete Carroll, you override that thing and you say, "Give it to the 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 beast. Let the beast pound that yep. thing." Wow, man. Yeah, that's a good. That would have been back to back, right? Had they won that. Yep. Oh. Yeah, it's a it's a great one. That's a great one. Yeah, so we'll do that. We'll do that in a little bit. Um, that's that's gonna be fun though. That will absolutely be fun. Um, all right. So Phillies win five one. Derek, they uh, take a one nothing series lead. Oh, let me throw. Can I let me throw this in there real quick before I forget? Because you sent this to me last night. I thought it was pretty funny and pretty cool and ironic and all that good stuff. John F. Kennedy, our president, our former president, JFK had the opportunity apparently allegedly to buy the Eagles in 1962 uh, for $6 million, right? Yeah, it, yep. He's going to do it with other family members where I think he had a piece of it and, and the, the brothers, maybe the dad, I, I don't know exactly how it would have worked. I don't know if you can own that uh, when you are president, but apparently he was, there was some question whether or not it would have cost him $6 million. And, it was something that he was con contemplating, but then the Cuban Missile Crisis, you know, started, which was very yeah, serious yep. between us and Cuba, uh, where it was almost looked like we were going to go to to a nuclear have nuclear bombs deployed. Uh, for people who may not know, but uh, nonetheless, it didn't happen. It never came to fruition. But man, how everything could have changed with that, huh? Um, there were three family members that were all in on, on buying the team. And then all of a sudden, you're right. The Cuban Missile Crisis occurred, and that 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 was washed by the wayside. But can you imagine that they would have had a piece of the Philadelphia Eagles back then? Could Jeez. you imagine that? The president no. of the United States. <laughs> oh, I, you know, had he lived with only the Eagles? Oh man, gosh, that would have been unbelievable. It really would have been. Would have been. Would have been interesting. But what, yeah, would have been. But what a great Who knows? I mean, Leonard Toast maybe never ends up. Yeah. yeah. What What a great story in history. Yeah. The president owns the team in the city, which is considered the birth the birthplace of America. That's true. And 
a Boston guy years later would buy the team named Jeffrey Lurie. JFK yep. was a Boston guy. Um, yeah, pretty interesting. All right. Uh, so, uh, sorry, jumping over to the sorry, I wanted to get that in there. So, the Phillies. Um, so, they win last night. So, let, let's look at Suarez here, Derek. Seven and a third innings, four hits. The one run was allowed because Soto couldn't get a hold. And it was a base runner front that, that he inherited from Suarez. So, Suarez gives up the one run. Eight strikeouts, just one walk, 104 pitches, took them into the eighth inning. Uh, last six starts, two and one with a one three five ERA. Compare that. First three starts, he had a nine eight two ERA. So he goes from a nine eight two to a one three five. He's on. He's he's been arguably the best pitcher in baseball in June. Uh, no question about it. Look at how many no decisions he's had this season, and think about what his record would look like if he had not had the uh, the multitude of no decisions he's had. Mm-hmm. But there's no question. I would elevate him to the number one pitcher on this roster right now. And I yeah. know it's it's a it's a mess. You know, baseball pitching, pitching rotations are a mess to begin with. But this dude right here, better than Nola, better than Wheeler, more consistent than both of them combined in the month of June. There's no question. Ranger Suarez is the ace of this pitching staff right now. Yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, and I know people will make a case for Wheeler. And I don't think anybody's even bringing up Noel at this point. I, I think it's a two-horse race. I think it's between Ranger and, and Wheeler. But if you're just going off of what you're seeing now, you tell me right now, hey, I got to win a game tomorrow. I don't know how it's not Suarez. I, I'm I don't know how it's not Suarez. It's, it's he's he, you're right, Derek. He's more consistent. Wheeler in his last outing wasn't great against the Mets. Was that Sunday? He was just okay. You can't say that about Suarez. He's not only been been good. He's been borderline great. No, over he, six starts. Look at look at look at Suarez just in the month of June. Five starts in the month of June. The least amount of pitches he's thrown is 99. Everything else is 101, 103, 105, 104. The least amount of innings he's gone is six. His five starts in June have been seven innings, six, seven innings, six, and seven and a third. He's given up more than four hits once, and that was back on June 4th. Mm-hmm. He's given up, given up four earned runs, only one home run, and he has 33 strikeouts in the month of June. Oof. What more could you want from him? And he's had one, two, three, four, no decisions in the month of June. Out of out of his out of his five, out of, I'm sorry, out of his five starts, he's had three no decisions mm-hmm. in five starts. The other two were wins. Right. What yep. else do you want yep. from this guy? He's been awesome. And you know what? Their pitching's been pretty good in general. Starting. Yes, it is. Bullpen, it, it is it has done the job. It's more than done the job. And uh this is where the offense needs to pick itself up. So good job last night. You get the uh Schwarber gets on uh with the double, Turner double drives good. him in, another bad piece of base running, but whatever. He he ends up driving him in. And man, a lot of props to Brandon Marsh. Two for three last night, went yard twice, uh, three RBIs. He's really picked it up, Derek, over the last couple series here. He's hitting six hundred with three doubles two homers and a 1.686 OPS that's comparable from May 10th to June 8th. He was hitting 186 with just one home run and, and 48 strikeouts and 12 walks. He looks like he's kind of tweaked something and, and, and figured something out, made a nice adjustment there. 
But but what is up with your guy Turner? No. Um, I, I don't get it. He's got what eight errors this season defensively. Uh, uh, easy ground ball he booted last night. Yes. Um, base running gaffes. You know, inconsistent in hitting. Can't get can't can't get above the Mendoza line hitting. I don't know what what's up with him, dude. I mean, it's 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 a shame. But but again, thank goodness we're still in June. You still have July, August, and September to figure this thing out. I told you, it's very similar to what Castellanos went through last year with this. It team. is. It is. Yep. You know, and I remember a certain guy who wanted Castellanos jettisoned out of Philadelphia. <laughs> well, who? <laughs> I think that guy's in the crawl space right now. We, we're gonna have to get him and out. I, Rob, give him time. Give him time, Rob. He you became were, Mr. September. You're right. Thinking, you, Who knows? Maybe Turner. Maybe I, was, I, I was very September. reactive, and you were very calm, collected. It'll happen. It'll turn itself around. But you, I think you agree with me on Turner here. The, 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 I know I, I everybody, everybody wants to do the, hey, he's turned the corner thing. I, I need to see way more before I start going corner yeah. with, Kevin, or with Trey Turner. No, he's got to put together a 10 or 12-game stretch before I even talk about turning the corner. He's not even close to turning the corner right now. Yeah. Every time he has a good game, it's followed up by two or three bad games. Now, that's not yep. turning the corner. No. So, yeah, I'm still waiting to see on him in a lot of different areas. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, so here, here's where we are uh, with the standings, just to kind of update people here as we inch towards uh, July. Phillies are 10 and a half back. Uh in the NL East, you know, the problem is the Braves have won four in a row, nine of 10 Marlins have won three in a row, seven of 10. You, you can't make any ground up on these guys. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Phillies are 16 and five in their last 21 and have lost ground. So uh, that's where you are with the division wild card. You're three back. You got the Marlins giants, Dodgers in front of you right now that the, the Marlins are in first San Francisco's right there with them. They're a half game back. Then it's yeah. the Dodgers. Then it's the Phillies and the, the you know Phillies Brewers etc. So that that's where you there they fall after that. So they're they're right there in the wild card. You can almost kiss off the division. That ain't happening. Um, but division, I think wild card is is certainly certainly doable. But you need San Fran to start not playing great. You need the same thing for the uh, for the Marlins and hasn't been the case. You know San Fran's won eight of ten. The Marlins, as I mentioned, seven of ten. Like the Dodgers have been decent, six of ten, and the Phillies. Um, hold an advantage. I well, no, actually, they don't. They, they, actually, do they? Yeah, they, oh, they played them out there too. I'm just trying. I'm thinking they just played them at home. Anyway, um, so here's my question for you: Got Nola tonight. Nola in his last outing was very good. Derek, six innings, two hits, no runs allowed. Unfortunately, uh, that was the game where they everything kind of fell apart with the bullpen yep. against the Braves. If, if you remember that one, and they ended up losing, but not his fault. He did pitch really good. Any sense of what you're going to get out of him tonight? I think if there's a team that he should fare well against, it's against the Cubs tonight. The Cubs are not a heavy-hitting team. Um, the Cubs are okay. Cubs play better at home than they do on the road. That's going to be interesting. But I think I think this should be a game where we talk about it tomorrow where Nola has had two back-to-back good outings. Haven't had, haven't had a chance to say that much about Aaron Nola this season. No. But I think no. after this game tonight, we will get to say Nola put together back-to-back good games finally this season against a, Cub t- a Cubs team that's okay, but nothing special. Yeah. Uh, you'll, so you get Drew Smiley tonight, who's um, actually had had a, a pretty good year for the Cubs so far. He's 7-4 and four 
with a 3-3-8. Although he didn't pitch great in his last outing. He pitched okay uh, in his last outing. So you got the lefty tonight. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. If you're Rob Thompson, what do you do here? You, you have Marsh coming off a monster game with two home runs, who's hot, who's legitimately hot. He's like the mix and match Pache with with Marsh, who's a left-handed hitting you know batter. I, I think I'm rolling with Marsh tonight and taking my chances, Gunner. I think I think it's a slam dunk answer. I love Pache's defensive ability, but Marsh is is, is swinging a big a big bat right now. Now, um, I'm not taking him out of the lineup. You, you know, you, you're trying your best to 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 gain some ground on both Miami and and uh, the Braves before you hit the All Star break in, in a couple of weeks. Um, I, whoever's hot right now, because you know Harper's not hot, Trey Turner's not hot. Uh, the back end of this lineup co- has come through for this team between Marsh and Stott. Um, I'm keeping Marsh in the lineup until he tells me I need a day off. This I think that that's a no brainer keeping Marsh in the lineup right now. I'm with you. Uh, all right, Harper, 0 for 4 last night, had a strikeout. He's down to 279 with a 382 on base and a 390. The, the 390 slugging percentage is the one that really jumps out of you, and he's only hit three home runs this season. You worried about him. Do you, do you, in hindsight, do you look at it and say they rushed him a little bit, or do you just say, it, you know, you, you got to understand that this was going to take a little while with this kind of major surgery that this guy had? Still hasn't had a home run since May 25th. Yep. And what did I Over tell you a, a couple of weeks ago? And, and I said, have you watched him closely? He's swinging at pitches that you normally don't see Bryce Harper swing at. Yep. And the more he swings at it, the more he tells me he's pressing at the plate. Look at his strikeout last night. He struck out on a breaking ball that was low inside, wasn't even close to the strike zone. That's not Bryce yep. Harper. Right. You know, that's not Bryce Harper. I, I don't think they brought him back too soon because they're not asking him to throw the ball. And I hope that, and I've said it time and time again, I hope to do not put him in the field. I do. I don't care if it's right field or first base. I do not want to see him all of a sudden scoop a ball up an extended arm and throw a ball. And all of a sudden you see him grasp that elbow again. And all right. of a sudden you've lost him for an extended period of time. He's, this is something, he, a, a, a pure hitter like Bryce Harper, this is something he just has to work himself out of. Right now he's pressing at the plate. He is a professional baseball hitter there's no question about it best inside out swing can spray to all fields things are just not going well for him i don't know if it's the way they're pitching him i don't know what the scouting report is saying on him right now but whatever it is bryce harper is is a guy who's thinking too much at the plate swinging the pitches inside and outside that he normally wouldn't take um he's just gonna have to work through this but no i don't think they brought him back too soon we're still amazed that he's back in. He came back in in early May instead of late yeah. June or July. But I'm with you. No, I, Bryce, I, 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 no I think he'll be okay. Uh, I think he's in his own head a little bit. I think he's thinking about the fact that he hasn't hit a home run. I think he feels like he, you know, he feels like he's letting the team down, and and you know how much he wanted to get back, and now he's gotten back, and it looks like this. And I, I think it's just it's human nature. And you're you're right. He's doing things that are uncharacteristic of him swinging at balls out of the zone and that kind of stuff. That's just not him. It's not who he is. He makes – he has such a great eye no, no. that he forces pitchers to, to, you know, throw in the zone. And they're not doing that right now because they know he's going to chase. So I think it's just a matter of – he's just got to decompress – easy for me to say, but he's just got to kind of like calm down a little bit, decompress a little bit, and just know it's going to be coming soon. 
All right, let's uh, let's hit it. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the Sixers. Uh, Brian Windhorse had some things to say regarding James Harden and uh, what he thinks is going to happen here with him in Philadelphia and what it may end up costing. So we'll get into that. Uh, a former Villanova player opts out. Uh, a little more on Tobias Harris and a little bit more on the NHL draft at 2 o'clock. Back to our NFL segment. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about pro-action restoration. Because if you have a home, you have a business, you have a property, and you go through the inconvenience, the pain, you know, just, just the worry of water, fire, smoke, mold damage to your property, you know, you're not sure how to handle it. Well, guess what? Pro-action restoration, that's what they do. And they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I went through it. I called them on a Saturday, and they got right out to my parents' house. There wasn't any kind of delay because it wasn't nine to five. They got out there. They cleaned up the problem. The crew was professional, clean. The price was very reasonable. Proaction Restoration is licensed, bonded, fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Proaction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. 610 610- 623-3760, or you can reach out to them online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to right, go to left, fake them up. Mama, go up, oh, mama! She did it. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> we went into a box. We came back. We're here. I don't know. That's all that matters. We're here. Hi. Tone's messing with us, man. Technical difficulties, as they say in the business. But we're here. That's all that matters, Derek. We're here. Uh, oh, hope you're doing well. Appreciate you hanging out with us. If you missed any of the show, any of our interviews over the last few days, uh, et cetera, very simple. Just go to jacobsports.com, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. You can check it out at any of those spots. All right. Uh, so Brian Windhorst um, earlier today said that – so James Harden hasn't opted out yet, Derek. Okay. He's got a player option of $35.6 million, which almost everybody expects him to opt out, uh, which you have to do by tomorrow. Okay. But it is a little mm-hmm. strange that he hasn't done it yet where most guys have. So that led some people to believe, oh, maybe he's just going to opt in and, and play that one year at 35.6. Uh, there's no chance that's happening, but there's some people that believe that. So Brian Windhorst of ESPN, uh, who is one of their NBA insiders, said basically um, he thinks what Harden is going to get in a multi-year deal is going to be considerably higher. Than the thirty-five point six, considerably is the word wording that he used. So, does that mean two years, ninety million? Does that mean? <laughs> I, I I see your reaction already, and I and I agree with you, but I don't know what to make of this. So that there, that's that's coming from Windhorst, and that's what he's saying. Well, if he said it, there's some truth behind it somewhere. Um, yeah, he, he's very connected I, in NBA. I, I just can't get. I just can't get over. It. I can't. You know, I, I can't come 
come to the realization that we're looking at a team that's basically going to be the same team from a season ago and that you're going to pay this guy that kind of money uh, to come back. And we still don't know how he's going to mesh or not mesh with the likes of a Nick Nurse. We still don't know. Um, could it be better? Could it be worse? More of the same? We don't know. Um, are you counting on James Harden at this stage of his career to improve his defensive prowess? No. How many guys on that roster do you think can get better at defense? I mean, seriously. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm just saying, dude, everything everything is adding up to another year of we're good, but not good enough. Yeah. That you're right. I mean, that's what we're, we're setting ourselves up. And we're all, uh, why well, I'm not going to say we all will, but I'll fall back in the track, a uh, trap. I'll be watching, uh, you know, uh, but I, I say that knowing it's, it, it's more than likely that it's going to be the same outcome and it's going to end the same exact way. Um, yeah. But, and in, this is going to burn Sixers fans, but I've been trying to get them ready for this for a while now. Like he's, I knew he was coming back. My hope still, even if it's a considerably more money, that it's only two years. As bad as that sounds, if it, but let's say it's let's say it's two years eighty. At least he's gone in two two years. <laughs> That's a great way to look at things. But at least wow. he's not. He doesn't have you 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 hung up uh, or or I, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I can't put a pretty face on this. I can't. I don't like it. I don't like anything about it. How is that going to affect then what you're able to do next summer? I mean, I say bite the bullet. Let him walk. Bite the bullet. And then you have a lot more cash flow to play with next summer to try to to, to try to, to, to fix this thing. I mean, let's face it. You keep him beat next year. He's still a desirable player that a lot of players would like to play with, especially good players that are on teams that are going nowhere that could, could opt out of their contracts and be – I can go All right, Derek, if you can hear me, uh, we, and Tone, why don't we try and get Derek straightened out? It, it's uh, it, it's breaking up pretty good there. Yeah. Why don't we Why don't we take him down, Tone, and why don't we try and get Gunner straightened out? And I, and I, I got it. I got it from here. Yeah. So, I mean, look at it this way. I think you have a choice. You could either bite the bullet a little bit earlier, like this year, and you know, you'll have twelve million to play with, maybe sign somebody to a one year deal and see if you can find the diamond in a rough in the rough. You could even let it ride with with Harris, so we'll get back to him in a second. Then that thirty nine million comes off your books. Then you're a little bit cleaner next year to try and make the uh, the fix. And the, the, the problem you have with that logic, and I think it's the most logical way to go, but the problem that you have with that logic is if you have a year and let's say you're a middling, like 41 and 41 team, or maybe a little bit better and you lose in the first round, if that's what it is, does Joel and B then pivot and say, I want out. Cause if that's the case, then you're in a full blown sort of flyers right now rebuild of this it, it, it might be inevitable like we might just be delaying the inevitable anyway but that may speed things up a little bit if you end up letting Harden walk 
and I also just, even though that, that would make a little, that would make some sense. There's definitely a case to be made for that. I just don't see Daryl Morey with his history going into rebuild mode. I don't think he has any interest in that. So I think Harden will be back. It's just a matter of how many years it will be uh, for him to be back. And speaking of being back, there's Derek. Derek is, is back on a two-year, $90 million deal as well. Welcome back, Derek. Was that $2 million, nine, $90 million or two-year, $9 deal? 90, two years, nine, you're getting hard money. You're welcome. Okay, all right. Only a monopoly, only a monopoly, my friend. Yeah, I don't know what the heck's going on with my Wi-Fi today. This is crazy. Now, I just checked yeah. with my son and my daughter. They're working from their room. Their Wi-Fi is fine. I don't know what the heck's going okay. on with my Wi-Fi, dude. I have yeah, we'll get through it. We'll get through so it. So I apologize to you and the audience. No worries. No worries. Um, so we were just discussing the uh, the Harden thing and, you know, where it may end up going. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look great. And then and then it's like a little salt in the wound with Tobias Harris kind of popping off a little bit. Um, look, I, I hear what you said a little bit earlier. He wasn't necessarily wrong with everything that he said. Here's the thing. Over the course of this contract, and it's over the last five years, and I'm, I'm just going to pull up. Harris's numbers. Like I said before, the issue isn't necessarily what he's done. He's put up, you know, pretty solid numbers as a sixer. Like when they traded for him, he averaged 18. The next year it was 19. Next year, 19. Next year, 17. Next year, 14. So he's, you know, his numbers are going down somewhat, but they're still pretty strong, you know, and that's to go with, uh, let's see, almost, Eight rebounds for two years, almost seven rebounds for two years. Last year, 5.7. The problem you have is you, you have a guy who's coming off a 14.7 point, 5.7 rebound, two and a half assists, shooting 38.9 from three, which is not terrible. 50 cent from, from the floor, free throw 87%. Anyway, the numbers are solid, but he's being paid like an elite player. I mean, that's it. That's really what this amounts to. And I think people are just tired of seeing the same thing. This is not the off season. If you're Tobias, where you want to start doing the like careful what you wish for fans kind of thing. It's just not a great idea. Not a great look. That's all. Um, I agree, but I have to add to the equation. Did, did doc rivers use him to the best of his ability? Um, and let me ask you this. Yeah. After listening to what Tobias said, does it sound to you that Tobias feels like he's being made the scapegoat for everything that's gone wrong with this organization? Um, I, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit by the fans now that Doc Rivers is gone. Like, I think that, I think the organization is looking at it and saying, we have a new coach in here. This guy won a championship more recently than Doc Rivers did. I think the organization is sort of scapegoating Doc Rivers. Um, there, there's, I, I do think there is a lack of owning what the biggest problems are, and right now it's hard to beat in the and beat in a playoff setting in a in a big game setting, uh, and not enough around them, other than Maxi, who has his own limitations, who doesn't defend necessarily, but. I think that's what it is. I think it's more on Doc than it is on Tobias. 
Yeah, but I, I think listening to Bias's to, to his comments, he feels that he's being made a scapegoat. You know, especially in the line of that the fans, the fans would trade me for crumble cookie. Crumble cookie. <laughs> well, he did say casual fans. He did say that. He did. Okay. But he he still I think is I think his wordage, he he feels like why is everybody coming down on me? It's not I'm not just a problem. There are a lot of yeah. problems that we have with this team. You know, he's not going to say it because if he has to come back here, he's got to face these guys in the locker room. He's not going to dime out anybody. But we can on the outside looking in. James Harden was a problem, more so than not throughout the playoffs. Embiid was a problem, especially in that final game against Boston. You know, and he was a problem in other games as well. You know, um, Niang, you, you can blame a whole lot of guys that were a problem. But I think maybe he feels that he's being singled out for the demise of this team. Um, that's human nature. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not so sure I wouldn't feel the same way. And I'm in no way, shape, or form defending Tobias Harris when you make that kind of money. But like I tell any and everybody, if you're going to pay me that kind of money, I'm going to take the money. You know, I, I, I didn't make the 76ers pay me that money. They, yeah. they paid me that money. No, I, no, you're right. I, I think the thing in, in Tobias's defense you have two guys in Harden and Embiid who who are very ball dominant, and it, it, it's you know, and Maxi is sort of a break a guy down and score. Even though Harden had a lot of assists last year, yeah, I don't know that they necessarily played the, the Tobias Harris's strengths. I think it's just a combination of the dad sort of like hey, you know, he's an assassin, and now this you're like not the time. You know, time and place for everything. And I, it's now's not really the time or place. Yeah. You know, I think it's just a little bit of that. Um, all right, let's look at the NH. Oh, oh, real quick, Dante DiVincenzo declines his player option. It was $4.7 million. So he's looking for multiple years at more money than that. And he'll get it. He had a pretty good year in Golden State. He's can do a lot of things. He can handle the ball. Uh, he can shoot it decently. He's athletic. Uh, he can defend. He'll, he'll get paid pretty decently somewhere and get at least three years. I think maybe three years, 21 million, maybe more than that, but he'll definitely get more than 4.7. Yeah. Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, it's amazing how these, what's the NBA getting all this money, man? My goodness. We keep hearing the numbers are down and all this stuff, but yet these guys are making money through the roof. My yeah. goodness. Well, maybe it's, I, you know what it is. Retirement. I, I still got a the the only problem is like next year, not this year, but next, it's it's getting increasingly more punitive if you're over that luxury tax, like ridiculously. Mm-hmm. So you that's why you're starting to see like the, the trade like they uh, Hawks made with John Collins the other day, where they're just giving him away for nothing. There's going to be more and more of that kind of stuff, for sure. Well. <sighs> If you can get it, take it. Yeah. You know, and you look at all these players now opting out for a reason. Um, and they're getting more money. Most of them get it. So why not? You I know, agree. What what agree. what's here today may not be tomorrow. You just never know. Take it while you man. can get it, man. I, I don't want anybody for getting what you can. I, re- I really no, don't. I don't either. I, it, I don't either. Um you know, especially- if I was making Rob Ellis money, I'd be happy. Oh, don't do that to yourself. All right, so um, NHL draft tonight. 
Flyers have number seven and number 22. All right. They sit there with those two. Uh, they've made the, they've made a couple of moves already. Provorov, Hayes traded. The, the problem is there, and it's not to say there aren't good players after this guy. There are. And this is where, you know, your scouting and your, your, your personnel people really need to know what they're looking at here. If you want to start getting this thing turned around, nail these draft picks, but there's a sense out there from a lot of people that after you get past that Connor Bedard, there is a big fall off and they should have started the tank, whatever you want to call it, rebuild last year to put themselves in the mix. Like they're not getting up to one for this guy who's supposed to be a generational player from seven. That is not happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what ends up happening there. I think with that seventh pick, like I said earlier, you better find you better find a future score. You better find somebody that can put whether it's a center or forward. You better find somebody who can put people in the seats. And with that twenty-second pick, you know what? I, I'm, I want to find a, a defenseman. I want to find a toughest nails defenseman. Even if the draft is that weak, I mean, you got two two of the first twenty-two two picks. Yep. You got to find two cornerstones to this franchise. As you move yeah. in a new direction, new front office, you know, Tortorella is supposed to be this teacher, even though he rubs people the wrong way. You have to find two cornerstones for this team for the immediate future. Even yeah. if it takes them two years to get up here, um, you got to, you got, it's imperative right now. It's imperative. Not tomorrow, but right now. Well, you sure as heck better nail the first one, or, or you better get one of two to come out and be really close to playing, like real soon. You, you, that is absolutely you know, paramount here that, that you're able to do that. Yeah. I wonder, you brought this up earlier and I'm looking at their roster as we're speaking right now. So they have two guys who are, who are 30. They're the two oldest guys on the team. Uh, one of them is Sean Couturier, who's been a really good player for them for, for a you know long period of time now. And he's coming off of major surgeries, you know, just, just real health issues back, whatnot. And then the other one is, uh, is you know, kind of a bit player, uh, but Nick Sealer. So that's it. I mean, that's all they have of guys who are like what you consider old. There's a couple of 20, there's Scott Lawton's 29, uh, a couple of guys, 28, et cetera. But they're, they're pretty young. I wonder if they're not just going to clean all those guys out that, you know, Couturier is making, okay, pretty good money. Uh, Sealer, not so much where it, this just becomes a total youth movement. I think they keep Couturier. I, I really do. You got to have some kind of veteran presence, some leadership to help the new regime, the new transition, or whoever's coming in here. Um, but for the most part, I think we're looking at a whole new look. You're going to be looking up and down the roster, trying to figure out these guys' stats, where they're coming from, um, as, as we move forward. And, I, and I'm not, and I'm not against that. I mean. I mean, this team is this team is probably at the lowest it's been historically. I mean, think about it. you know you would know better than I am. Has there ever been a lower juncture for this team in a, in the history of this franchise? No, no. Even even years ago when they were bad, people were okay. interested. The problem is people aren't interested, or I think they the offseason moves has helped uh, get them back a little. But no, they're they're in a real low point right now. Yes, I would agree. Um, would you entertain what John Dickerson is p- proposing? Trade pick seven and twenty-two. I don't know if that's possible. 
if you could get the number one pick? Yes, I would do it. I, I don't think that that's going to work, but I would do it. Yeah. Yep, I would do it. He, he said, yeah. this guy, I heard, I who was I watching? I was watching John Bucci Gross of ESPN last night. He was on with Scott Van Pelt. And he said that, he, like, this guy's comparable to Sidney Crosby, in his opinion. And, <laughs> well, I know. I, it's pretty high praise, I know. But he, what his point was, he's got the skill. He's not a real big guy. He's like 5'10", buck 85. He said he's got the skill, and he eats, sleeps, and breathes hockey. He's not one who's in, the, in it for the money, for the fanfare, for the cars. Like, he's a gym rat type, which also helps separate him. So, I'm I, in. again, I, I don't pretend to, to, to watch minors and – junior hockey and, 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 and college. I, I don't watch it. I'm just going off of what these guys say. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening there with that. But it's, it's, you know, again, they're at a, they're at a critical juncture where you may not see the results overnight as an organization, but it's time mm-hmm. to start the steps, right? Right now they're, they're all standing there in the basement. Like, all right, how did we get here? How do you build this thing? And, and and then you can, you know, go to the second floor and the third floor. And right now they're a long way away, but I do like, I really do. I think there is an acknowledgement and it's not just to put the fans off. I think there's an, an acknowledgement that things weren't done right. Yep. That, that, that cultural changes were needed. They were done. Um, and I like that, that there's an admission that, Hey, okay. Uh, we lost Gunner. No problem. Uh, that, Hey, what's up? I guess it's like shadow boxing. <laughs> You don't never, never know. Um, no, I think there's an, an organizational admission um, that they were doing things the wrong way. You know, I, I think we're to look back at a lot of the things that Chuck Fletcher did. And it is, it is some of the worst managing of a team that we've ever seen. Hey, what is going on? Man? I don't know, man. It's like poltergeist in this house today, man. I don't know, dude. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, it's a weird day. It's just one of those days. You got to laugh. That's you know, Look, here's the thing, Derek. I think everybody can relate to this, whether you're in an office, whether you're working from home, whatever you're trying, sometimes, you know, best laid plans just go out the window, right? And you're at the mercy of technology it, it, and it is what it is. We can all relate to it. Throw it up. Yeah. You know, and you, you keep moving. Throw it up, That's what you need to do. I, I, I can't control this, dude. I don't know what, you know, like I said, I just checked with my son and my daughter again. Oh, yeah, we're fine, Dad. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, one's right across the hall from me. One's down the hall from me. They're fine for some reason. And I understand the weather patterns have been crazy the last couple of days. I get yeah. that. Yeah. But I've gone through more severe weather patterns before fine. For some reason today, poltergeists are messing with my my devices. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. We, will, we will tough it out. We'll power through, as they say. Uh, no, but I, I was saying – I, I like that Jones and Briere are at least saying, like, we get it. We know we screwed up. And let us give us some time to fix this thing because it's not in a good place. We understand you're not in a good place with us and you're you're not satisfied with this, nor should you be. So I think they've been smart. They're not trying to just gloss it over and put a band-aid on, you know, what a giant gaping wound. So I'll give them that much. Right now, it's a love affair. Everybody's happy with the change of direction. Everybody's yeah. happy with Briere and you know Keith Jones, you know, assuming the role of leadership, you know. Um, but then again, once you hit the ground running, that's when the darts start flying. We know 
But it's, this is a grace period time for this organization. This, yeah. and, and I'm talking, when I say grace period, I'm not talking about just this season. It's got to be a couple of season grace period with this organization. Uh, you have dragged this fan base emotionally through the ringer the last couple of years. It is at the worst that it's, it's been in a long, long, long time. And now you've got to come up out of the quicksand and hopefully, hopefully that this thing is a lot better than what it is a couple of years down the road. I agree you know, with you. Look, we, I we agree understand that this is a very passionate fan base, you know, a very, very impatient fan base in some ways. Um, but it's got to run its course. It's got to run its course for a couple of years. I, I know sports are cyclical. But they've been irrelevant for a while. Like, there's yeah. so much attention given to the Eagles and, you know, the Phillies and the Sixers. Can they get it back? I mean, it's just a matter of winning and, and people will come back. Is it that simple? Or are you in any danger when it's been this long of losing people? Um, there's a there's a loyal fan base in this city. They will come yeah. back. As frustrated as they are, as angry as they are, they will come back. You know, you have, you know, for the fourth largest city in America, you have a minimum of 20,000 loyalists. When it comes to the Philadelphia Flyers, how many seats does that that arena see for hockey? A little bit more than twenty. They'll yeah. fill that arena back up if the product improves. They will fill that arena back up, no question about it. Now, there's going to be some empty seats this upcoming season, no question about that. But if you can see this team turning the corner next season, get better, the seats will be filled back up again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, look, I, I don't. I, I think they will too. But you, you. You, when you you run a fine line, when people are angry, that means they care. When they are, they just shut off the way that people have. It's, the apathy factor is dangerous, and the Flyers have been operating in an ap- apathy vacuum for a while now. So, um, I think it's going to be a little bit, you know. And I think it's going to it's going to be the good thing is I think the Flyers have made themselves very accessible. Keith Jones, et cetera. Yeah. Like I'll. We'll try and get Briere on after the draft, and I'm sure we will be able to because they've been smart. You know, whenever somebody wants to talk to them, they're willing to talk, and that's part of the way to get back into people's consciousness. Okay, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. We'll talk NFL, Derek. Uh, some sad news, which you know we, we will get into for sure. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna roll through our uh, our couple of greatest greatest Super Bowl and greatest Raiders that have ever played. So we'll do all that when we come back. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, they are an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. So, do you have any type of tree issue in your yard or your property? If you do, they're just a quick phone call away. They're experts at trimming all trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, southern Jersey, and northern Delaware, Flynn Tree Services specializes in stump grinding as well as tree pruning and tree removal. Keep in mind, you know, we got this time of year right now where, um, you know, we, we do have some nasty rains, but for the most part, it, it's the calmer section of the summer. You want to get your trees evaluated now before we really get the heavy stuff that hits a little bit later. Go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles We're back. Uh, he's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Hope you're doing well out there, friends. Uh, I'm hour afraid number to be- three. Yes, Derek. I'm afraid to be back. You think you're going to go bye-bye again? <laughs> you just never know, so just get ready. You just never know. You know what you do, Derek? You 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 approach this show and this segment like everybody should approach life. You, 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 nothing's a given <laughs> beyond this moment. <laughs> well said. Well said, my friend. You're right. All right. Um, <laughs> it's not just a job. It's an adventure. 
<laughs> You're correct. You are correct. All right. So uh, Travis Kelsey had some interesting thoughts. I don't know if you got a chance to, to catch any of this, but um, he, he admits he thinks about how much money, more money he could make uh, if he really pressed the gas on his contract. So he, he, he was talking to Vanity Fair. Um, and he said, my managers and my agents love to tell me how underpaid I am. You know, he said he watched teammates like Tyreek Hill force his way out of Kansas City and, you know, end up getting crazy money in Miami, et cetera. He said, when I saw Tyreek go and get $30 million a year in the back of my mind, I was like, man, that's two, three times what I'm making right now. Uh, I'm like, the free market looks like fun uh, until you go somewhere and you don't win. I love winning. I love the situation that I'm in. So he's scheduled, he's 33 years old. He's scheduled to make a base of 11.25 this year, which ranks him 52nd among NFL players. Uh, he's under contract to the 25 season with an annual salary of 14, basically 14 million, 14.3, which ranks third among tight ends. He's making less than uh, George Kittle and Darren Waller. Kittle makes 15 and yeah, Waller makes 17. So anyway, but, but the gist of it was, he's like, look, I am underpaid and I do think about it sometimes, but I'd rather win than go elsewhere. Um, yeah, pretty refreshing to, to hear from a, from a player that he's not just looking to grab as much as he possibly can. You know how, you know how rare that is in today's athletic mindset where he didn't say, I'm going to come out and possibly hold out for more money. Um, He's not about the, the almighty dollar. He enjoys winning. He obviously enjoys where he is. Um, I think at 33, as much as the organization loves and respects him, they would use his age against him. Hey, look, man, I know what you're asking, but you're 33. You know, the yeah. analytics show at this stage of your career is when you start to tail off. The man holds the NFL record for the most consecutive seasons of a 1,000-yard season for a tight end. You know, at 33, and it doesn't look like he's slowing down. If he ever wanted to make a power play, and he still has, what, two years left on his current deal, if he yeah. ever wanted to make a power play, this this was it. But, you know, kudos to him for not making uh, it, this about me. You know, it's not it's not about me. It, you know, you can tell when you see him on the field, he has fun with Mahomes, is one of his closest friends, loves his teammates, loves playing for Andy Reid. They win in Super Bowls. He's recognized the Pro Bowler year in and year out. Um when you take all those things into consideration, it's still a rarity for a guy to still put the team first because he does have a legitimate gripe. When you lay out the numbers you just laid out, he's the 52nd highest paid player in the game, yet considered yeah. the top tight end in the game. There's two other tight ends that are making more money than him. There should be no tight end in the game of football making more money than Travis Kelsey. Well, on top of just – the- No, you're right. And on top of pure skill, he's clutch. You think about the, most of their big drives in, in playoff settings, whether it's an AFC championship game or a divisional round or whatever, or, or Super Bowl. I mean, who, who is Mahomes looking to first, right? He's looking to Kelsey first and Kelsey. I, I don't, I don't ever recall yep. him dropping a ball in a big spot or anything like that. You know, turnover in a big spot guy is clutch, you know, one of the more clutch guys yep. at any position in the game. So yeah, he could, uh, he certainly could make a stink. This is where if you're the chiefs, you're figuring something out behind the scenes for an extension, man. Let me, let me just give you a little bit more just to show you. We, we appreciate you. And that's something Andy, you know, I could see Andy doing. So we'll see. Keep, want to keep your eye on um, this one. This is sad. Uh, 
Ryan Mallett, who played quarterback in the league for a number of years, he was drafted by the Patriots uh, in the third round back in 2011, uh, died in a, in a drowning accident in Florida. Um, 35 years old, just sad. It's, you know, there's not much else to really say other than to pass it along, but, you know, just, just condolences to him and his family and friends and, you know, rest in peace, man. Sorry to, sorry to hear this kind of stuff. It's awful. Uh, in the prime of his life, 35 years old. Yeah. And you know, it, it, you just don't know, man. We talk about this all the time, man. You just don't know, man. Live life to the fullest. Be as nice as you can possibly be to each and every person you encounter. Don't leave this earth with any negatives behind you. And I know a lot of people go through harder things than a, than a lot of other people. I get it. But, man, I mean, wow. Did, did it say what led to no, uh, so the drowning? The, uh, no, the, uh, the gist of the story is – they, 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 yeah, so he was he was at a, a Florida beach, uh, and this happened yesterday, uh, sadly. Sheriff's office was – said first responders were called to a beach in Destin, Florida, around 2.12 local time. group of people were swimming in the Gulf of Mexico near a sandbar uh, and struggled to make their way back to shore. One of the individuals later identified was Mallet. He was not breathing when they pulled him out of the water. They transferred him to a hospital, but it was too late. That, that's, all, that's all we really have right now uh, on it. So it's, you know, middle of the afternoon. I didn't see anything about foul play or, or, or anything like that. It just you know, apparently he got swept out. He couldn't get back. And, and that was it. So sad, very sad. Um, flip side of that. And, and this is, you know, again, you try to man. try. It, yeah. And it's hard, it's hard, hard to segue out of that. Uh, but uh, I saw last night, I thought this was a nice touch that the, uh, the Pittsburgh pirates had uh, Demir Hamlin throw out the first pitch and he's still, uh, you know, full go um, to be on the comeback trail. So that's, you know, it, it, trying to give you a positive here out of out of what was a look like it was going to be mm. a real scary, sad thing. So, uh, good stuff there uh, from from Dorn. Well, I, I'm really curious how he. I hope he makes it, man. I, I really hope he's able to come back. Yeah. You know, because uh, the guy's putting everything into it that he has. Um, so that was nice, and they were they they made a real fuss over the uh, bunch of first responders uh, and everything at the game. So I thought that was really really cool. Good work out of the Pirates uh, for doing that. Leonard Fournette. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but if you saw the pictures of the SUV that he was driving, uh, pulled over to the side of the road and, and basically burned out, thank God yes. he wasn't hurt at all, man. Woof, really close. The fact that he got out of that vehicle before it just it just blew up in, in flames, that's that's a miracle in itself, man. Because, you know, we we know how combustible cars combustible cars can be at any given moment. And how he got out of there. Wow. I can't wait to hear the extended story of how he got away from this because that thing was burnt to a crisp and you could tell it was an expensive car. Look at the rim. Oh on that yeah. Oh yeah. Car. Yep. It was one of those big SUVs. Uh, you can tell that car costs money, you know? So thank you. know, Kudos to him for being able to get out and still be here to tell that story. Wow. I mean, think about how scary it is when you're driving and just somebody cuts in front of you or something like that happens. I mean, just that feeling that you get and you can kind of, you can panic a little bit. He had to be a pretty cool customer, uh, you know, to be able to, to get the car over to the side, get out of the car, the whole thing, man. It it was, uh, you know, again, happy for him. Good for him. It, It wasn't a lot worse. All right. So, um, you threw this out there because I, I, and I'm with you. Like the NFL Network has been running uh, p- 
past Super Bowls. And, and, you know, it's hit or miss. It depends on the year. You never know what you're going to get. But if you you pop on in a good one, man, you're like taken right back to that moment, even though you know what the outcome is yeah. going to be. And that's it's one of the great things yeah. about it, right? Um, so we thought, you know what? Let, let's go through our top five best Super Bowls. Now, this is subjective, obviously, depending on how you look at it, what best means. But you, you had some good ones. So why don't you, uh, why don't you throw a couple around, Gunner, and I'll, I'll bounce some off of you that I had as well. Well, here, I, 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 I put three on my honorable mention list. I didn't okay. put them on my top five. And I'll just get those real quick. Uh, the first one was the Giants uh, beating the Bills 20 to 19. You know, Scott Norwood misses that field that goal. I game. was there in Pasadena. I covered that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, my two my two that I left off the list deliberately is because I have personal ties to both of them. Um, one was the Green Bay winning the Super Bowl in, in 2010 um, right. against Pittsburgh. They went, they went through that season. By the time they got to the end of the season, they had – 15 players on IR. They had to win the last game of the season just to get in the playoffs. They won the last game of the season. They were the number six seed. They go on the road. They beat the top three seeds on the road. They were the underdogs against the Vaughn and Pittsburgh Steelers, and they find a way to beat Pittsburgh. And in the first half of that game, they lose future Hall of Famer Charles Woodson. So that was a great one. And then, of course, the one I covered. I didn't realize Minneapolis Eagles. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, unbelievable game in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, Eagles Eagles beating New England in a shootout to win that game. But but one of my okay. So as far as the top five goes, and I'll just you know we'll go back and forth. And and one of my one of my top five has to be uh, was Super Bowl forty two. Um, the Giants beat the Patriots. That was the year Patriots were undefeated. They were talking about equaling the Miami seventy two Dolphins. Nobody was going to stop the Patriots. All of a sudden, Eli makes makes the play of the game, gets away from a defender. How he still got away from that defender, it still just boggles my mind. Throws the ball down the field. You know, David Tyree makes this helmet catch one-handed with Rodney Harrison draped all over him for a 32-yard game. And then with under 40 seconds left in the game, he floats one out to Plaxico Burst, game winner. Giants win that game 17 to 14. That was a great drama yeah. game. Derek, <laughs> still there? Yeah, I'm oh, okay. here. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> you froze. Man. Yeah. All right. So, okay. Good ones. Good list. Good list. All right. Here, I'm going to work my way from one uh, down. So I will uh, obviously look, I, I am biased. I'm not putting this at number one. I'm just telling, I'm going to do what you did. I'm going to exclude one of these uh, because I am biased with Super Bowl 52, 41, 33, uh, for the Eagles to beat Brady with a backup quarterback and a backup left tackle and no middle linebacker, missing their middle linebacker, their best special teams player, avenging a loss that you had, what, 13 years earlier and all that stuff. I, I uh, Super Bowl 52, 41-33 will forever be, you know, just the most special Super Bowl uh, that I can re- recall. So I, I'm going to take that out. Okay, so that, cool. I'll tell you what my number one is because it su- had such ramifications for the league and it's super bowl three it's the jets beating the colts you know up until that time it was the nfl is so dominant the afl can never do anything with this league and they're inferior and all this other stuff and guess what they weren't that inferior 
because Joe Namath and the Jets and the Jets defense shut down the uh, you know the vaunted Colts of Don Shula, and winning that I think really uh, helped people take the AFC AFL uh, you know at the time more seriously when they integrated you know both of these leagues together. That's why that game was so significant. Not only that, the Jets were huge underdogs, and Joe Namath called it. You know, it was, it was what put Joe Namath, that game put Joe Namath in the Hall of Fame. Because if you look at his numbers and the, the amount of games that he missed, he had no business being in the Hall of Fame. But that game did it. Um, I couldn't agree more. Uh, what was the score? 16 to 7 in that game? If I'm if real low, me, kind of ugly. Yeah, it was sort yeah, of ugly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Joe Namath came out and made that statement, man. It really ticked off the NFL, a lot of the NFL players that this upstart league is is already, you know, as braggadocious as they are. And who's this Joe Namath to talk about the, the vaunted the Baltimore Colts like that? Yeah. And all they did, you're right, was went out and shocked the world. And that was uh, when when the merger was finally completed, I believe it was right after that Super Bowl. Right. That's when the NFL said, uh-oh, we better, we better join them. You know, it's either, you know, join them or we're going to have to compete against them because the AFL was already play, uh, paying college players more to play in the NFL then the NFL and the NFL was losing star players, and the NFL got smart and said, "Uh, we better make this. A, uh, we we better finalize this real quick." Yeah. All right. So I, I threw them in there. Uh, that one in there. Um, the, the, yeah, the one you just mentioned, the helmet catch, Super Bowl forty two. Yeah, that's an undefeated team that the Giants take down there in, in the Patriots and Brady and Belichick. And yeah, there's two sick plays made. The escape. Of, of Eli, who was usually a statue who would just fall down if you breathed on him, but somehow got out of that. And then, you know, maybe the most insane helmet catch you'll ever see in your life, which yeah. gets them to that point. But how good their defense played in that game, what the Giants were able to do was really, really impressive. So I have to, I got that has to be in there. Uh, I'm going to throw Super Bowl 43 in there. So this was this was Steelers twenty seven, Cardinals twenty three. Uh, you remember all the James Harrison play, uh, the the, yeah. the clutch plays. You can't throw it better than better than Roethlisberger threw it to Santonio Holmes, and, and the catch that he made in the in the, in the yeah. corner. I, I, and that was it was like a game filled with those kind of big plays back and forth. Larry Fitzgerald catches one over the middle, uh, you know, and has it has a it rips off a huge one. It was it was like a, for for a neutral party, and I didn't frankly I didn't really care who won. Uh, it was enthralling that game. It was a great game. James Harrison taking that ball from the from the goal line a hundred yards, and you're waiting for him just to fall down. He was so tired. Yeah, you know, and he wouldn't fall down. He goes a hundred yards with eighteen. Uh, it was eighteen seconds left in the first half when Warner throws that pick. It brought the house down, and, and everybody's yeah. watching it from home. Is like, oh my goodness, and then. Larry Fitzgerald, 64-yard touchdown with 237 left in the game. And you're thinking, my goodness, Arizona's going to win the Super Bowl. But Big Ben marches him down the field, and it was only 36, 37 seconds left in the game. You couldn't throw a better back-of-the-corner end zone type throw to, to a wide receiver. And Santonio Holmes makes the catch of a lifetime, and Steelers win at 27 to 23. That was a great Super Bowl. I agree with it. It really was. It really was. It was pure entertainment, man. It was great. It was great. All right. I I, I had to sneak this in, Derek. You knew I had to sneak this in. A Cowboys loss. So I'm gonna go <laughs> Super Bowl Super Bowl 13. Steelers 
and Cowboys. Steelers win 35-31. Uh, the Steelers have beaten them twice in, in the in in the Super Bowl uh, along the way. They they won four, but two of them were against the Cowboys. And 13 had just great plays left and right. I mean, all over the place. Bradshaw coming up big. His receivers coming up big. Their defense making big plays. Uh, you know, th- this is a game really where their offense helped them. Their defense wasn't the usual steel curtain, you know, shutdown. But it felt like the Steelers in those Super Bowl years could whatever they needed, whatever you know they needed to go to, whatever gear, it was there for them, and they could they could go to it. So I, you, you knew I had to get work that in. Was 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 not not a question. You know, it's it's funny that Pittsburgh's offense get, got a lot of accolades. But the defense made that team what it was during that era. Uh, there's no question about it. And you look at how many Hall of Famers they had from that defense back then. It, it was They were just nasty. And that was before yeah. you put handcuffs on defenses. You know, right. um, man, you know, Lambert. Lambert was the nastiest linebacker in the game. He didn't care yeah. what you thought about him. Cheap shot artists didn't care. You had Jack Ham. You had Andy Russell on that. You know, you, you had so many great players on that team. Throughout that team, but that deep, but you're right. That was a that was a really good one. I, I like that one that you you went with that one. Yeah, I I, I I I all right. So I debated over my last one here. So you tell me which one you like better. I'm curious. Okay. So uh, you go back to Super Bowl 23, yeah, and uh, it was the 49ers and the Bengals, late 80s here. Uh, Bengal uh, 49ers beat the Bengals 20 to 16. Montana has that drive where he hits John Taylor. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize looking back at it, he Montana had 357 yards in that game. Yep. Um, yes, but he did. didn't have a touchdown pass until early in the fourth quarter. He hit Rice. That's right. Uh, you know, it, it, which tied the game up. And then, of course, to, to the Bengals' credit, they go down the field and score um, really late in that game. But then Montana goes on an 11 play, 92 yard drive. He'd go 92 yards where he hits uh, Taylor with 34 seconds left to give him the win. Yep. It was vintage Montana. Um, that's one I, I, you know, I looked at long and hard. Uh, and, and, you know, and the other one for me, I mean, there was a couple of different ways you could go with this, but the other one for me, and it's a little sentimental value with this one, I guess, um, is Super Bowl 34. This is where the Rams beat the Titans 23 16. And Dick finally got his Super Bowl. And think about it, it's a game that ended on the very last play. I yes. mean, you know, McNair connects with Dyson. And and Jones, Mike Jones, makes one of the best tackles ever. It wasn't, you know, some flying in the air or hardest hit ever, but he kept the dude from getting into the end zone yep. and won it for his team. I'd probably lean towards the Rams, but the, you know, either one of those two I think would be good. Um, I, I agree with you, but um, I, I on my list was the San Francisco 20-16 to 16 win over Cincinnati. Cincinnati was up 16-13 with 3.20 left in the game. Niners got the ball with 3.10 uh, left in the game and marched down the field for that defining drive. They hit Delaware's – I must emphasize Delaware's on John That's Taylor. By right, the way. Delaware State. Yep. Delaware's on jo- John Taylor. Uh, so, that, to me, Joe Montana already had two Super Bowl rings prior to that. That was his third one. Uh, but that just, that's just continued to cement the legacy of Joe Montana as being arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever ever step on the center in the National Football League. So yeah, I would pick that one. But you but you're right. Either way, either either one you pick were outstanding Super Bowl. There's been yeah, so many great ones. 
if you're flipping around and, and what you're good, either watching either one of those, you're going to be entertained. Right. Oh, I mean, goodness. yeah. Um, um, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. You got one more. No, no, I'm done. Yeah. That was, that was mine. You okay. got anything, any, any other ones? So, so we had two of the same ones. Um, we had the Steelers, Arizona, we had San Francisco, Cincinnati. Uh, and we had, uh, obviously, uh, I, I mentioned the new England, uh, being knocked off of the, uh, giants full of undefeated against the giants. Yep. Uh, another one of my favorites has to be that I think it was Super Bowl 49. Um, New England uh, holds on to beat Seattle. You know, in that fourth, in that game, um, Russell Wilson, let's see, Seattle, Seattle led 24 to 14 going into the fourth quarter. Right. Brady threw his third and fourth TD passes of the game in that final eight minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Seattle drives all the way to the one-yard line. Now, everybody who watches football on the planet knows that Pete Carroll is going to give it to Marshawn Lynch, who had 24 carries, 102 yards, and, and Seattle's going to come back and win this game. Mm-hmm. You, know how you, you know how sometimes you think too long, you can outthink yourself? <laughs> yes. Pete Carroll decides to throw a quick slant route <sighs> to Tyler Lockett. Mm-hmm. And this kid from no, nobody had ever heard of um, – comes from out of nowhere. Malcolm Butler makes the play of his life. Yep. He went, And every time I watch it, you watch how he broke on the pass. He read it perfectly. Yep. Now, you If you watch Tyler Lockett's body language, he thought it was an automatic touchdown. He, he can't he believe it. He can't. And neither no. can Russell Wilson. They can't believe that they, they snuffed that out. No. Can't believe it. Yep. Malcolm Butler snatched it right out of his hands mm-hmm. and steal the fate and steal the fate for Seattle in that game. And and even even after the game, Marshawn Lynch was ticked off. Oh, he was. Get the ball. Yep. Okay. Pete Carroll was left with egg on his face. That game was talked about for years after the fact. Yeah. Um. So that's one of my favorites. And then the other one I put on there, I believe I believe it was Super Bowl Fifty One. The Atlanta Falcons blow a twenty-eight to three second half lead. That yeah, that was the Edel- Edelman makes that in- insane catch in the middle of the field. Remember that one, the juggling. Bouncing yes. off guys and yes. did he really he, catch it? Yeah, and he dove on his stomach and made yep. the catch. Yep. And you're thinking there's no way. And every time they showed the replay, he got his hands under there. Yeah, New England comes back and they win it in overtime. Yeah, Can you imagine being a Latin Falcon fan. Being we're, we're we're rolling over the New England, the hated New England Patriots. We're up by 25 points. Yeah, you know, and all of a sudden, wait a minute, we're going to overtime. Well, and the other thing you you could it was like unfolding in slow motion because oh like Shanahan gave up on the run. He Kyle Shanahan was the offensive yeah. coordinator. He yeah. gave up on the run every time Matt Ryan dropped back. They were all over him. He got the heat's come, and, and you're like, oh my god, man! And New and New England just chipping away and chipping away. Brady's making plays, and you're like, no way are they blowing this kind of lead, and they did. <laughs> when when New England got the ball in overtime. Everybody I was sitting and watching the game with said, the game's over. Yep. Because Atlanta's so scared right now, there's no way they're stopping New England. And sure enough, New England marched right back down the, right down the field and put the dagger in their hearts. Mm-hmm. But what an incredible comeback. You're down 25 points in the second half. Yeah. And you find a way to come back and win that game. That's amazing. You're right. They're good one. Look, we've, we had a little run there where – if you remember, there was like in the '80s, there was an awful stretch where every game stunk. What's a blowout? Yep, a, a, a terrible, right? But then we got into a little groove in the in the 2000s where there were 
almost everything was tight. Yeah, good. Yeah, yes. that that was parody at its finest. I wonder. You know, we obviously look at it a little bit differently, but I, I bet you if, if, you know, two guys were doing this show, you know, in a different market or whatever, I think they definitely have that Eagles Patriots 41-33 in there. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, think about it. If you, if you just want to watch fireworks, that game has trick plays, you know, quarterbacks catching touchdowns, uh, you know, just crazy stuff happening left and right. Nobody thought that the, that the Eagles could put up 41 points on New England. Right. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody thought nobody thought that Tom Brady could throw for over 500 yards in a Super Bowl and lose a game. Mm-hmm. Nobody. And everybody, if you're being honest, when New England started their drive, you just knew because that Eagles defense, Jim Schwartz could not find an answer to stop New England's passing game over the middle, that they were to go down and not only score, but get a two-point conversion to tie that game and force the issue. And then all of a sudden, the football gods – shine brightly upon the Eagles and a guy named Brandon Graham, who is now the Pied Piper of Philadelphia. He can do no wrong the rest of his life in the city of Philadelphia because of that one moment in time in his life. You're right. That storyline is worthy, worthy of a movie in itself. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe someday. You never know. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's uh, let's move to our greatest series that we're doing, which will lead us uh, right, into, right into camp. And today we go with the silver and black race. So we go a little Raiders. We go Oakland, LA, back to Oakland, down to Vegas. I don't know, wherever, uh, Raiders. So, uh, you know, as I'm doing, you know, when we do our research for this, whatever, what you notice too is if we were doing like the all character team in terms of like nutty guys, the Raiders might take it. I think they may be numero uno. Uh, I think I think there's no question they would be number one. The yeah. Raiders, Raiders were considered rebels back in the heyday of Al Davis. Yeah. They were considered everything that was against the norm and the tradition of what the NFL want te- wanted their teams to be. They were the outcasts. They were the bad boys of the NFL. They didn't care. You know, that, that whole era, that team just didn't care what you thought about them. If you didn't wear the Raiders uniform, that's your problem, not ours. That's exactly no. how they perceived it. All right, why don't you uh, – again, we don't do these necessarily in order. We just do yeah. it with, with the yeah. best one, you know, who we think the best ones are. So you want, you want to kick it off, go right ahead. I'll kick it off. i got to go with Kenny Stabler, the snake. Yep. Yep. You know, Kenny Stabler, you know, historically – now, he didn't finish his career with Oakland. No. If you, if you look at his whole body of work, Rob, um, and I looked at this stat twice, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. In his career, he threw 194 touchdown passes. 222 interceptions. Wow. When he was the quarterback of the Raiders and he was with the Raiders for 10 years, he only threw seven more touchdown passes than he did interceptions. Hmm. But yet, if you talk to any Oakland Raider fan, Los Angeles Raider fan, they will tell you Kenny Stabler is one of their all-time favorites because of the big moments that he had in big games, a big throw, a big play. Kenny Stabler was not your consistently great quarterback. But there's a reason why he was considered the snake, you know, because of his ability to scramble. Then, of course, when he had two severe knee injuries, he became more of a stationary target, a more pocket passer. But Kenny Stabler found a way in big moments to make these big plays. And so he won two Super Bowl champions, you know, with Oakland. He helped them win their first one. Um, So there's no question he had to be on the list. Yeah. Without a doubt, Kenny Stabler had to be on his list. Yeah, I think he he is definitely a guy – that you can't just go back and look at stats on. 
because it, it was all about big plays and big yeah. moments. Yeah. And, you know, Madden said it, anybody who coached him, Bear Bryant, he, he, he played under Bear Bryant back, you know, back in the day. When you needed a big play, he made a big play. It didn't matter what it was, whether he had to make even even the immaculate reception game. Yes, he drives them all the way down the field, and he yep. and he scrambles for a, like a big one, like forty yep. or thirty yard, which was not his forte, and gets in, and they only lose it because of you know the miraculous play. But like Absolutely. he made throws to Casper, like in big spots or Bolitnikov or did whatever he had to do uh, to win. Yeah, he was just a winner, and he was he was perfect for that team renegade didn't care you know doing his thing unfortunately for him he didn't get inducted into the hall of fame until after he had passed away he was inducted in 2016 yeah. but kenny stabler could do no wrong in the eyes of oakland fan, uh, fans um and you think about wow he was he was he was good but he wasn't you know the pedestal we put quarterbacks on he wasn't on that type of pedestal but yet you can you can say nothing wrong about kenny stabler if you're an oakland raiders fan no, absolutely not. All right, I'll, I'll give you one now. It's not as gla- certainly not as glamorous as, as Snake Stabler, but foundation. Gene Upshaw was yeah. nasty. Left guard. Derek, this dude played 207 straight games. Now, during yeah. this period, you had you were playing like 14 games. 207 is a significant number in the trenches. This dude yeah. showed up every single day. Uh, for the for the silver and black, he was he was and he was great. He wasn't just a, a, a uh, you know someone who was dependable. He was great on top of it. So Gene Upshaw deserves love. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And of course, he was so respected that he, is, he eventually became a high ranking executive in the Players Association for a number of years. Uh, you're right. He was the epitome of professionalism, tough as they come. Uh, no question about it. Absolutely, he's on my list, and rightfully so, deserves to be on the list. I'll tell you another, you know, now that you're talking about offensive line, you got to put our shell on that list. Oh yeah. There's no question. You put our shell on that list mm-hmm. uh, for what he, he contributed to the, to the Raiders uh, during his heyday, you know, Mr. Steady, uh, technically sound. Uh, didn't have any flaws in his game. And then of course he went on to became the second uh, African-American head coach in the national football league for a number of years. Yeah. Um, but you know, he, for his era, he was a big guy. He was 6'5", but he was only 265. I mean, think about this. He was 6'5", and 265 was heavy for an offensive lineman. That's a tight end now. That's a, t- that's a edge rusher. It's a tight end now. It's in the National oh Football. Oh, my God. League. Well, that, you know, he was there. And they, like, you also look at the time. He, he was 68 to 82. So he was there for yeah. all of it, all the yep. Super Bowls. He he won the one with uh, with Tom Flores in 80. Like he 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 spanned a lot of a lot of generations there from the oh early goodness. Madden years to to Flores too. So yeah, it's a good one. That's good. All right, I'll go I'll go next. Um, Tim Brown, you know so, Tim Tim Brown. Oh. Talk about playing forever. Sixteen years, Hall of Famer, great receiver, punt returner. There there wasn't any kind of weakness in this guy's game, uh, and just you know the epitome of just toughness. He he was. I was a big Tim Brown fan. I like I love just watching that guy play football, man. That, that man lasted 17 seasons in the National Football League, played 16 uh, with the Raiders. Um, all-time, he's seventh on the all-time list in terms of yards, all, over 14,000 yards, ninth in touchdowns. Uh, he was, believe it or not, he's sixth all-time in punt return yards. Yeah. That's how versatile he was. And he was a, a bigger player. guy. Punt returners are usually kind of squattier. That wasn't him. Absolutely, no question about it. Nine-time Pro Bowl. Nine Pro Bowls in 17 seasons, that's not a bad body of work. Hmm. And obviously, 
he gets in the Hall of Fame, and rightfully so for his body of work. But you're right. I was a big Tim Brown fan, not just as a receiver, but as a returner slash receiver. Yes. All right, who, who would you go with next? I'm going to put one on here that, that's going to shock you a little bit, but I think he deserves to be here. Ray Guy. Oh, the punter. I like it. Ray Guy is the only punter, think about this, the only punter ever drafted in the first round of the National Football League. That's crazy. That's how good he was. Yeah. You talk about a, a howitzer for a leg, and I remember the story Bum, <laughs> before a game one time. Bum Phillips, who was the head coach of the, the old Houston Oilers. Yeah, I love Bum Phillips. Cowboy grabbed hat. Yep. Grab one of the balls and had it tested for helium. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, he was he was he was the first sort of like hang time guy, yes. coffin corner, drop it on the three yard line. I, I watched this whole thing on him. You know, he was a great athlete. Like he played receiver too in college yes, and was yes, a great baseball player. Like this dude wasn't he was an athlete as much as people want to rip kickers and punters. He Ray Guy was was legit the real deal. Not bad. Seven time pro bowler is a punter, so that's not yeah. bad. No, you good know. choice. Good, really. That's a good choice. I, I, he, I, I think he was the victim of of Al Davis's quirkiness, weirdness, stubbornness, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting Marcus Allen in here. Um, you know, Mark, Hall of Famer, uh, Super Bowl MVP, uh, could 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 play fullback, could play halfback, was a great receiver out of the backfield was the best right there with Walter Payton in terms of over the top guys on the goal line that I ever saw. Um, yep. Just so skilled and smooth as a runner. Never looked like he was trying hard, but he was uh, just one of those guys who you thought, Oh, they're going to catch him from behind. No, they're not. But I'm huge Marcus Allen fan. You remember the game where he does a pirouette behind the line yes. of scrimmage? And I believe that was the Super Bowl. It was oh, against the, then the then the Redskins, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and takes it to the house for a touchdown. Yep. Um, Eleven of his sixteen seasons were played in Oakland. Um, this dude, he had uh, sixteen career playoff games. He had over thirteen hundred fifty yards rushing in sixteen career playoff games. He was a, a Super Bowl MVP, a league MVP in nineteen eighty five, five time Pro Bowler. There's no question about it. Um, he had eighteen receiving touchdowns to go along with 79 rushing touchdowns in his career. Mm. That's how diversified he was. He was a great pass catcher as well as a great runner, but you're right. His running style was so effortless, dude. It's like he was just gliding. Yeah. We got the open space. You weren't going to catch him. So you're right. I agree with you hundred percent. There's no way you can leave Marcus Allen off a list like this. Mm-mm. And, and had, a, had a really good finish in Kansas city too. Uh, just, yeah, he, did. he was not cooked at that point. All right. Who else you have? Uh, you got to put Charles Woodson on there. There's no yeah. question about it. Um, Charles Woodson played 18 seasons in the National Football League. 15 of them with the Raiders. He played, he was he spent his first eight in Oakland, played seven in Green Bay, and went back and finished out a three-year career in Oakland. Hmm. Dude, if you look at his his awards, both as a collegiate player at uh, Michigan mm-hmm. and as a pro, I don't know if there's a player more highly decorated. I don't care if it's a quarterback right receiver. I don't care if this player is more the, the numbers he, he he put up. You know, he's the only defensive player ever to win the Heisman. Did you know that? 
Well, he, he's the last one for sure, right? I, I, is he the only one? I I, I didn't know that. Wow, that's crazy. If I'm not mistaken, he's the only defensive player ever to win the Heisman. Jeez. That tells yeah. you how he, what he was. I mean, he started as a rookie. He just he, yeah, he no, was yeah. just a constant football player. Mm-hmm. And everything he did turned to gold. Um, he was the 88 defensive rookie of the year in the National Football League, nine-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro. Um his first four seasons in the league. Now get this: his first four seasons in the National Football League. He was a Pro Bowler every year, coupled with a two-time All-Pro. That's a special athlete right there. That's yeah, all you that's need to special. know about. Yeah, yeah, uh, good ones. Yeah, it's a good one. All right, I'll go. Uh, I'll go Howie Long. Um, yes. You know, great. Uh, whether it was defensive end, he could play on the inside. There, you, there really wasn't anything he couldn't do along that defensive line. Uh, and did it for a long time, 81 to 93, Hall of Famer, uh, was a guy who was constantly double teamed. You know, they, they were just doing anything they could to, to, to offset him, uh, which let a lot of his other teammates have a lot of success. But, mm-hmm. you know, Howie Long was a great player. And he, I, I didn't feel like at the end he had lost much of a step, but he got out on his own terms in 93 and had a great, obviously, great career in, in broadcasting since. So I throw Howie Long in there. Yeah, he played all 13 of his seasons with the Oakland Raiders. Um, and you're right. Um, he could he even had three, what he had three, uh, what three, three returns for touchdowns as well. Yeah. Defensive lineman. I believe it was drafted out of Villanova, by the way. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You got to get that Villanova there, baby. Got to get I mean, it in there. It's impressive. Yes. I mean, no I'm coming from that level. And so, he, of yeah. course, now he's very successful in the broadcasting industry. Yeah. So you're right. That's, that's another great one. I'll put one in there. Um, uh, center Jim Otto. Yeah. Jim Otto yep. was the best of the best. Um, he was a 12-time Pro Bowler in his career, a Hall of Famer for centers. Uh, center. That's a record for centers. 12-time Pro Bowler. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the he was the type of center that everybody else attempted to be like, but could not equal. He was that consistent uh, in his overall play. And of course, when you look at the offensive line he played with back in his day, I mean, my goodness. But still, he was the one who anchored. He was the one that anchored that line. So I had to put Jim Otto on there. All right, good one. I'll I'll throw. Um, I got a couple that are sort of like honorable mention, but uh, Fred Bolitnikoff was a great receiver. Yeah, uh, it didn't necessarily look the part, but the guy just caught the ball. You know, it didn't matter where it was thrown to him. He and Stabler had a good connection. So I'll throw he was him. Stickum famous. He was a Stickum guy. He and and Lester yeah. Hayes on the other side were were the Stickum guys. Um, yeah. for sure. All right, you, you got anybody else you want to throw in there? Oh my goodness. Uh... Dave Casper. Dave Casper was an incredible tight end. Played eight of his thirteen seasons with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Ninety-nine games with uh, with with Oakland. He had uh, 9494 uh, yards receiving, thirty-five touchdowns, and a Pro Bowler four time. Of course, he was a favorite target of Kenny Stabler back yep. in the day. Yep. Uh, Dave Dave Casper was an incredible talent, big tight end, um, and so yeah, he 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 makes the list as well. All right, I'll give Ted uh, Hendricks a little bit of love too. Seventy-five Ooh. to eighty-three. Ooh. Yeah, big dude. Uh, got had the had the wingspan of what they call him, like the stork or something. He he He's was just uh, yeah, yeah, good good player. Uh, played for a long time. I'll give a little love to Mike Haynes, the great cornerback. Oh, yeah, you know you know we left off there, which which I'm embarrassed that we left him off. Jack Tatum. Jack Tatum. Yeah, I had him on mine. I just didn't make the cut. He was he played for them from seventy-one to seventy-nine. Nasty. Yeah. Dude, that was when that was when receivers really feared going over the middle because he would lay a forearm into you. He'd hit yeah. you across the helmet. There was no illegal head contact back then. 
Jack Tatum was one of the most feared safeties to ever play play in the National Football League. No question. And if I I don't think he he there's nobody I would I would substitute him for, but I should give a little love to Rich Gannon. The guy did win an MVP as a Raider. Had yes. a unique career where really in his 30s just sort of like blossomed into into, uh, yes. into a great player. Uh, so I'll give I'll give Rich a little love. He's been on the show as well. All right. So uh Lester Hayes was a great cornerback. Yeah, he was. Uh, Cliff Branch. I mean, Cliff Branch played in 22 playoff games for the Raiders, played all 14 of the seasons in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, over, over uh, what is it, 20, 22 playoff games, almost 1,300 receiving yards. He was a staple in that offense for a long time. I agree. He was a great Raider. Yeah. I think, did he go into the Hall of Fame too, posthumously? Uh, I don't believe, I don't know if he did or not. Okay. Okay. But no, I agree. He was, he was really good. Back when receivers were numbers in the 20, he was 21 and Politnikoff was 25. So it was was a little bit, a little different back in those days. All right. All right. That was fun. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll do a new team tomorrow, uh, for the greatest list. We'll keep that rolling. So we'll come back. Uh, we're going to talk about Shohei Otani and what this guy's doing, which is insanity. Uh, we'll do some birthdays. We'll do some movies. Got a lot of stuff in store for you in the final segment. You don't want to go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Time to talk about razor technology and disaster recovery. The middle of an emergency is the wrong time to wonder who is in charge and how to respond. Restoring malfunctioning systems, rebooting complex servers, reconfiguring applications, bringing backups online, and reauthorizing users all takes time. And the longer it takes, the more damage that a business is exposed to. Razor technology helps growing businesses develop a disaster recovery plan that protects all their essential data. Razor ensures all your critical systems are backed up and that backups are regularly checked to ensure that they can be deployed at a moment's notice. Depend on Razor technology, your trusted IT managed service provider, to save time and money on your IT and cloud services. Find out if your business is built to recover from a data disaster by calling Razor Technology today at 866. 877-3282. That's 866-797-3282. Or visit us online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles All right, final segment of the show. Appreciate you hanging with us. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's hit that like button, tell a friend. Appreciate it. All right, uh, last night, Derek, Shohei Otani pitches six and a third innings, allowed just one run, 10 strikeouts, four hits, 102 pitches, uh, and he also hit two home runs. He's now up to 28. Uh, he reached base four times in the game. He was three for three uh, with a walk, including two home runs, two RBIs, and two runs scored. <laughs> He's got a 302 ERA with 127 strikeouts as a pitcher. Can we just retire the MVP? I mean, do we have to go through the rest of the season? If this guy doesn't win at something, there's, there needs to be a federal investigation. Yeah, I, I, like you should you should be embarrassed to give out the award um, if he doesn't get it. Um, let's 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 let this soak in for a minute. He leads the majors in home runs. A pitcher leads the majors <laughs> in home runs. Yeah, it's all, it, 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 I've never heard anything like this. Never. Okay, I think this is a once in a lifetime. A moment that we better enjoy. You may never see this again. You know, as talented, as versatile as athletes are becoming across the board in all sports, I don't think you'll ever see this. How does this dude play every night and still get on the hill and pitch and pitch with with such quality? Think about the preparation that he has to go through in between starts, icing the arm, throwing his bullpen, also getting, you know, his his swings in. Yes. I, you know, it, it's, it's pretty awesome. And, and I, I just think that like, you know, I, I'm hesitant to do the, this is the, the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen, but I, I I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. I, I was, you know, Babe Ruth was long gone when I w- was born and started following sports. Yes. And Babe only did this for a little short period of time, as far as pitching to go with the home runs. It's sick what he's doing. It's incredible. Um, I can honestly say I've never seen anything like this. And I've been watching sports and covering sports a long time you know, and all sports, you know, across the board. I've never seen anything like this, you know, um, whatever he gets in terms of a new contract, he has earned it. And then some, yeah, there's no he's question. A free agent for people who may not know. Yeah. Can you imagine how many teams that will be camping at his doorstep this off season? Oh, I- and, he, and he doesn't even speak English. You know, he's got an interpreter. He's yeah. still probably gonna he he gonna be the highest paid player in the game after this season. Oh, for for without a doubt. I mean, I I think he's gonna get upwards of fifty five million a year. I wouldn't doubt it. Now, there's only a few markets that can pay him that. Right. Unfortunately, those markets are New York, Dodgers, Boston, Dodgers. Yeah. 
I do not want to see him go to the Yankees. There's two teams I don't want to see him go to. Is the Yankees or the Dodgers? Those, I know. I do, no. I I'll don't throw either. Boston in also. I wonder, um, you know, he wouldn't at least have to move, but would, the Dodgers, you know, if they're going to start throwing crazy money at him, it would make sense. I can't believe, like, if you're the Angels, yeah. how do you let him walk? I know. I know. I mean, you're paying Trout, but so what? You know, you, you want you, and you and you're winning finally. You've been losing for so many years. You're finally winning again. Do you yeah. really want to mess that up? You're putting people in the ballpark every night now. You know, yeah. Anaheim's one of those one of those teams that's like um, fickle fans. You know, mm-hmm. hey, if we win, we'll show up. But if you don't win, we got other things to do. The beach, you know, Rodeo Drive. We got other things to work. But if, if the team's winning, yep. we'll be there. I you know. know. I know. Mess that up. Right now, they're they're neck and neck with the Yankees for the second wild card spot. They they're very similar. The Yankees are forty three and thirty six, and the Angels are forty four and thirty seven. So it's tight. It, it is very tight, uh, and they're in second place in the in the AL West too. So yeah, I mean this is a this is a rare thing for for these two. Yeah, every year it's like how do they have Trout and Otani and they never compete? Well, they're competing this year, so it, it's a year they want to be able to to capitalize on this. You know, enjoy while you got it. Yep, exactly. All right, this one is uh, this is another one. Jimmy Johnson, the, the the race car driver. Yeah. His in-laws, his mother-in-law, his father-in-law, and his nephew were discovered dead in their home uh, in, in Oklahoma. Uh, and he was supposed to race this weekend at a, a NASCAR Cup Series in Chicago. Obviously, he's not racing now after, after this came down. But, I mean, my God, man. This is just this is beyond belief. It's just beyond beyond comprehension how bad this is. I I don't. I, what is the investigation saying so far? Do they have a lead suspect in this? So uh, the the bodies of the mother in law, father in law, and the and the nephew. The nephew was eleven years old. Were, oh were yeah, were discovered at the home in 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 uh, Oklahoma outside of Tulsa. <sighs> The the investigators, Hamlin, who's the uh, the the uh, spokesperson for the police station there, said investigators believe Terry Janway, who was the mother-in-law, shot and killed her husband and her grandson before shooting herself. Oh my goodness! Yeah, man. So I I it's just it's beyond belief. I, I, why would you Why would you take Why a, would you take a poor kid out with you? Eleven year old kid. Why? I don't know. I don't know. With mental mental illness. You're, you're, you obviously are are in a deranged state. If you're. Oh my goodness. Yeah, beyond my belief. Goodness. Yep. All right. So I uh, I just you know again I it's it's a downer, but it's the reality. So uh, passing that along. All right. Let let's uh, let's try and move on. Let's do some birthdays to get our get our minds off that one. Uh, Elon Musk is 52 today. Yep. Uh, the great Mel Brooks. Uh, still going strong at 97. That's unbelievable. God That's bless him. Yep. Uh, he served in World War II, by the way. Yep. Um, Pat Morita, of course, uh, Karate Kid fame. It Mr. was born on this day. Yeah, yep. Mr. Miyagi, 1932. Uh, Kathy Bates, a great actress in her own right, uh, 75 years old today. Her best role, Misery. Yep. Ooh, that's an intense one. Um, John Cusack, uh, the actor, yep. is 57. Uh, sadly, she we lost her very young. Gilda Radner uh, yes. was born on this day in 1946. Uh, the great John Elway is 63 today. Uh, Tashina Arnold, who was in Martin, a bunch of other stuff, is 54 today. 
Everybody Hates Chris was funny. She's good in that, too. Uh, Mary Stewart Masterson is 57, the actress. Bradley Beal just uh, just got traded to Phoenix. He's 30. Bruce Davidson, the actor, is 77. He's a local guy. He went to Marple Newtown High School. Yep. He was part of a big, big part of the X-Men franchise. Yep. Uh, Don Baylor. Don Baylor, who holds the record for the most hit-by-pitches in his career. A uh, longtime manager as well and pitching uh, hitting coach. Uh, was born on this day. We, we lost him as well, 1949. Uh, what else do you have birthday-wise, Derek? Uh, let's see. Frank Zane was a three-time Mr. Olympia, and he's Mr. Pennsylvania back in 1961. From, okay. He was from Kingston, PA. Where the heck is Kingston, PA? I got to think that's Western. I'm not – yeah, I don't know. Well, he's 81 today. Okay. Uh, John Watts, uh, 42, who's the director. He's one of the main directors of the Marvel, Marvel Universe series of movies, 40. Okay. Imagine being a director in the Marvel Universe. How much money are you making as a oh, director? You uh, you are set, man. And if that thing's a hit, you're getting like 10 sequels off of it, too. Oh, my goodness. It does well, yeah. Uh, Danielle Brisois, uh, she was uh, Stephanie and all of my family back in the day. Okay. Uh, she is 54 today. Bobby Hurley from Jersey City, 52 oh, wow. today. Nice. Uh, former NBA player Chuck Person is 59. Okay. And former major leaguer Mark Grace mm. also. You know, Cubs first baseman is 59. Yeah. yeah. All right. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, let's dip into some uh, some birthday or some uh, movies here. St. Elmo's Fire, 1985, uh, yep. came out. Part of the uh, Rat Pack uh, group right there. Uh, the Patriot, very good movie, uh, came love, out. Love that movie. Love it. Excellent. Baby Driver, very funny movie. Very good. Very uniquely done uh, movie. 2017, White House Down. Uh, yep. very good again. This, these are some pretty, pretty quality ones out of the yes, shoot. Sure. Uh, 2013, Nutty Professor with Eddie Murphy in 96, Superman Returns 06, yep. Striptease with Demi Moore 96, and Mr. Wait, Deeds wait, wait, Adam Sand. <laughs> Demi Moore, Demi Moore in that movie, yes, strong, strong, real, real yes. strong, yes, very strong. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mr. Deeds with uh, Adam Sandler, yep. uh, 19 or uh, 2002. And uh, what else? Do I, that's all I have movies. What else? Yeah, I have one more. Uh, other one, 2002, get a clue. But outside of that, you hit them all. Okay, all right. Um, get them all. Okay. all right. Well, that's it. We're out of time, my friend. Uh, want to thank Tone, Tone to Shields, producer of the program. Uh, great job, Tone, as always, my friend. Uh, thank you to everybody in the – Can I finally clear it up? I wouldn't go that far. We we got through it. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna do some upgrades. Uh, thanks, everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Please send us your emails. Uh, we would appreciate it. Sports Take Jacob, Sports Take Jacob at gmail.com. All the good stuff will make the air. So you send us stuff, we will use it. That is for sure. All right. Uh, don't go anywhere. You have three hours of power coming your way with Dan Cilio and the national football show. We'll hit it all tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. And that is Derek. I am Rob. We are sports take. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. 
you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.